You're listening to episode 216 of the Comics Pals. We're a group of comic book journalists and friends who record a podcast together because we don't talk enough about comics in our daily lives. Speaking as someone that truly enjoys DC Comics, it's insane how Disney and Marvel are just so much better at building hype and anticipation than Time Warner or DC are. Like, all year, DC is just embarrassing themselves, and then they come out with Time Warner's announcement of, like, all movies on their HBO Max streaming service, and everyone's just like, oh, okay. And then Disney. Disney comes out, and they're just like, you want Darth Vader versus Iron Man? Army Wars? You got it! <laughs> okay, first of all, it's Amory Wars, and that is a Coheed and Cambria, Cambria. storyline. Thank you very much. I, well, they're wearing armor. That's the joke. God. Wait, Darth Vader's in the Coheed book? He's he's, oh, yeah. he's part of them. <clears throat> he's, he's that's part really of cool. Them. Good good for Claudio Sanchez. That's really cool. I know. They fight Iron Man. <laughs> I mean, look, that's that, it's a that's wild a album. Man. Like, say say what you will about Disney, and there's a lot to say. They are the masters of hype. You know, like they are really good at. At making things feel exciting and big and loud. Yeah, their next movie, Shield Propaganda for the Military Industrial Complex. That's the movie oh. I'm here for. Can't wait. <laughs> Here's why. Here's Tony Stark narrating why military grade weapons are good. <laughs> well, speaking of masters of hype and how. Uh, <laughs> tremendously good Disney is at uh, making us excited for their things. I'm going to make you excited for our things. I'm going to tell you guys about all of the wonderful content that we have available right now. Other than this episode, which I promise will be worth your five-star review, we've got tons of other great stuff out there. If you don't agree with me, by the time this show's over, if you got through all three hours of this thing and you don't think that this is the best podcast starring five dudes, three of them are white, called the Comics Pals, then I don't know what to tell you. Clearly, you don't like podcasts. He's got a point. I think I think would. When you apply those very specific filters, we have to be the best podcast. We're the best in the world at what we specifically do. Exactly. When we I've heard we a, do, a lot worse than us, know, for sure. And I'd say what we do is very nice. Four men well, with beards. No other podcast has that. Oh, that's true. <laughs> well, no, that's probably not true. Although I will say this. There's probably not a podcast with four guys with, with beards and one of them is black. <laughs> Wait, you're black? Now that's now that's true. <laughs> I think that's true. Now, we are all over the internet. Whatever podcast hosting platform you choose, we're there. Make sure you guys are heading over there and leaving us a review. Five stars for five cool dudes. All right? Five stars for five cool dudes. There you go. Anybody uh, Homestar Runner? Uh-huh. Homestarrunner.com. Yes, I, I, I appreciated that. <laughs> Don't plug other other things on our show, Kale. <laughs> now we're going to talk about Disney's lineup. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You mean on this three-hour this... commercial for Disney Plus? <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> 
on social media, you can get us at the Comics Pals. You can actually write to us if you want to leave us a mail at the Comics Pals at gmail.com. And if you're watching this on YouTube, that means that you can see the beards. So uh, lucky you. And while you're there, you can subscribe to our channel, leave us a comment, share this video with your friends, and make sure to like it as well. Hit the notification bell so you're made aware of when we drop our new content. All of those things are free to do, and they help us out a lot more than they cost you. Last but not least, you can head over to our Discord server, a link to which is in our description, and join in on all the conversations. You better believe that during Marvel's Investor or Disney's Investor Day, uh, our Discord was blowing up. Shit we've was popping off. Yes. We've got tons and tons of questions on this episode, which we'll be getting to later on. And of course, if you're a fan of video games, during the Video Game Awards, similarly, we had tons of conversation going on there. So if you want to be a part of that, come join our Discord server. And if you need a link and can't find it for some reason, you can reach out to us in any of the aforementioned ways and we'll provide it to you. Book clubs, we've got those too. We've got so many book clubs. Do you love Swamp Thing? No, you don't. But we have a book club for that. <laughs> but you will. <laughs> no, you probably won't. But what you will love is us talking about Swamp Thing. Uh, do you love Kingdom Come? You probably do. Come listen to us talk about that. We've and you got, won't anymore. Well, uh, what else have we done lately? We've Pete, done clean your desk. God this damn. one. That's the next one. <laughs> Hicksville. Hicksville's coming out. I get to do this bit again. Yes. Uh, at the end of this month. Uh, Sandman. Sandman. That was pretty good, too. Yeah. I don't have that one. I don't have it here. No. Well. Well, at least we know he's cleaned it. He cleaned I've his cleaned since October. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. September. <laughs> that, Battle Chasers. That's another recent one we did. Yeah. All fire. I challenge you. This is the Comics Pals challenge. I challenge you. To look at our list of book clubs and find and tell me, tell us that you, there's nothing on there that you like. I challenge you. It's quite a diverse list. Exactly. Just like us. Not so much. Wow, it's all full circle, man. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> I mean, three fifths is pretty good. No, two fifths. Okay, that's not so good, actually. <laughs> yeah, we're all dudes, so you know, we're losing points. Um, so. As was teased, there's a ton to talk about. This is going to be a jam-packed episode. Somehow, we're going to talk about all of the Spider-Man 3 announcements, <laughs> which you already know I am over the moon about. We're going to talk about all of the Disney announcements, all the Marvel stuff. Not all the Disney stuff. We're not talking about Star Wars. All the Marvel stuff. And we're going to somehow fit in a Marauder 16 review. I don't know how we do it. This is the Marvel Pass. Wait, wait, Sean, you said we're not going to talk about all the Disney stuff, so we don't get to talk about the Buzz Lightyear origin story? Because nope. i that's really important to me. Captain it's America important to me too. is Buzz Lightyear. Who would have thought? Hey. Well, all right, fine. I guess we'll just have to get that. We'll have to talk about it on the Discord. That's fine. Yep. Unfortunately. Or fortunately. Uh, but before we get into all of that, let's. Uh, I have a. I have a. I have a. I have a question for you guys. Was this planned? <clears throat> yeah. Oh, yeah. okay. So no, it's a. 
planned question Sean, of the week, if you will. Sean, I, well, I want to ask, Sean, would you say that the, the question is somewhat random in nature? No, no, no. I'm kneecapping you. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it's... Well, it's not. It, obviously, it's not. It's, it's time for the random question of the week! That was his best in a long time. We put down. Well, you bitches have been, you know, you've been saying it's been too quiet lately, so I'm bringing it back, you know? If you guys could still hear me. blow a vocal node. (laughs) Good thing that you're not the singer in your band, Pete. (laughs) Yeah, for real. (laughs) uh, Congratulations, Pete's band. Hopefully I get this right. Long friend, time friend. Nailed it. Uh, Long time, time, time. Just put out a single called Chemical Change. Go listen to it. It's awesome. Thank Our you boy Pete shot. is killing it on multiple fronts. You're going to want to go check that but out. Not vocals. <laughs> not vocals. No, I play drums, thank God. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but let's get into my question. It's not an original. This has been floating around all over the internet. Um, so you've probably seen it. But we're going to answer it here because we haven't done it anywhere else. There are four movies. We have to choose one. To eliminate. Ooh. Those movies are Spider-Man 2, The Dark Knight, Logan, or Avengers Infinity War. Infinity War. Goodbye. Oh, hold on. That it, That's a change on the thing, isn't it? Not to my knowledge. I'm looking isn't at the it, OG. Uh, is it not Endgame? Uh, I, I don't know. The one I'm looking at... I, this is um, it has it has Infinity War on it. This is from oh. uh, December fifth, seven days ago. I, yeah, I, I saw this tweet, and it's Infinity I it was War. Endgame. See ya. Okay. All right. So Phil eliminates Infinity War. Yeah, that doesn't change it for me. It's Infinity War. All right, Gail eliminates Infinity War. I I think I would probably have to too. Yeah. Ooh, interesting. Pete eliminates Infinity War. Wow. Well, yeah. Sean's gonna pick as, Logan. As per usual, I will diverge, and I'm going to have to eliminate Spider-Man Two. Oh, interesting! That's what I thought you were gonna say. As yeah. much as it pains me to do, I must because Spider-Man Two, obvious classic. It is what it is. But Logan, to me, is a borderline perfect movie. Mm-hmm. That is in the upper echelon of comic book movies. And I believe that that will probably be true for all time. Uh, The Dark Knight, I still believe. I mean, you asked me on a different day, I might have a different answer. But I still do believe it's the best comic book movie ever. Um, And it's one of the best movies ever, for my money anyways. Um, And it, it, I mean, it changed everything. And Infinity War was just... An incredible movie that was a part of the summation of this 22-film extravaganza starring, obviously, all of our favorite Marvel heroes. Can't remove those. Um, Spider-Man 2 is great, but I think it's just a little... It's just a shade outside of my top five. That was That was my knee-jerk. You know, it, it, like it was kind of between those two for me, and but I just feel like the the Sam Raimi Spider Man movies were so formative for me. You know, like at a young age that like I just can't. Spider Man three, sure, jettison that out of a fucking airlock, <laughs> but 
Spider-Man 1 and 2 have like a very, very special place in my heart. So I, I, I've got to gotta stand by it. Yeah, for, for me, you know, The Dark Knight and Logan are two of the best, you know, movies of the last 15 years, I'd say. And Spider-Man 2 is... Uh, excellent movie, um, and it's a it's a it's a very comprehensive like start and ending kind of movie. Infinity War, as much as I like it, it's one of my favorite MCU movies. It's it's it is a culmination of a bunch of different stuff coming together. Uh, it I don't know if that movie works super well on its own because of the other twenty two movies that came before it, uh, and because of that, I think it is the most expendable of the four. I'm not going to argue because um, I just – we don't have time for that. But um, <laughs> I, I would love it, to argue. <laughs> I find it curious that you make the argument about um, it, in, it being invalidated because of it being a culmination. Um, I'm not sure why that would be a knock. But, hey, that's your call. Another day, I guess, because I, I – it's, it's fine. This is going to be like a four-hour episode. <laughs> I just didn't fucking like the movie, so that's why it's out for me. Man, I wish I still had those friggin' rankings. Let me see if I have them, Kale, because I'm now so curious as to how you ranked Infinity War, <laughs> Infinity when, War? We, when we did that. It, um, it yeah. would feel very unbrand for Kale to contradict himself much later. I actually I, still have them. I don't remember, so, oh, if he, so it would excited. not surprise me. I'm so excited. <laughs> All right, so here's the question for you guys. (laughs) And I'm going to make this so easy. Please. What's cool is I get to participate too because I don't remember. (laughs) (laughs) Is Avengers Infinity War in Kale's top 10 MCU movies? Yes. Top 10? Yes. 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 Ooh. Pete, what is it? Is it? Yeah. Wait, no. Yeah. No. No, it's not. All right, Sean, what is it? Ten? Surely. Come on. Yes, it's You're saying yeah, I've got, I've got a little bit of taste. <laughs> All right. <laughs> what are you doing to yourself? It's a little I bit. I don't like the movie. I have taste. It's in the top ten. What is this? But I, I mean, I recognize, you know, a good movie when I see it. I just don't like it. Okay. Uh, what is it, Sean? What, what's the answer, it's Sean? It's literally tenth. <laughs> Booyah! <laughs> I was going to say that it was like a, in the 11 like to 13 yeah. range. Man, this is actually interesting Like to, to look at this in retrospect. Kale has, <laughs> Kale has Ant-Man. That's great. Yeah. That's in like the top three. That's right? in my top five as well. He has Ant-Man at seven. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. that seems low. I think it was higher than yeah, mine. That does seem low. All right, I actually have them all. So uh, Phil has... Okay, okay, okay. We got to save this for another episode. <laughs> no, we got we got to do this just real quick. We got to do if it. Anywhere, Phil, this is probably my top three. Does Phil have... Motherfucker. What rank does Phil have Infinity War at? Is it is it in his top five? Must be. Phil? Yeah. yeah. Infinity War? Yeah. Must be. Top yeah. five. It's number one. There you go. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Me- meanwhile, is Ant Man in Phil's top five? It's either. Oof. 
It might be like six or seven, actually. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, I don't yeah, know. I, I feel like so. it's probably just no. below his top five because I'm thinking he probably has Infinity War, Guardians, okay, Guardians 2. two. Yeah. That's probably in there. And Winter then Soldier. Maybe. Yes. I don't see it being in the top five. I think it's probably like six or seven. Where is it? Yeah. You guys are good at this game. It's seven. Yeah. Damn. I, all right. That's close. And he yeah. did have Guardians 2 and Guardians yeah, he never five. shuts up about those dumbass yeah, movies. Those are both in his top three, right? Or five, top five, rather. Curiously, Phil appears to enjoy... Um, <laughs> he appears to enjoy Doctor Strange over Thor Ragnarok. That's true. Thor Ragnarok didn't really care for it. Yeah, I remember that. he lists the OG Avengers as his 19th favorite... Not a good movie. ...MCU movie. That makes me want to bash my head into a wall. But <laughs> yeah, um, we we do carry on. I think that ranking of Avengers brought down its overall ranking considerably. It did, like you, a lot. You did, yeah, that's right. We had a, we had, we did do the overall ranking. You guys should check that episode out. But I'm not Marco, so I don't know which one it was. Uh, any other questions about anybody's posi- ranking positioning before we move on? Uh, where did you have Infinity War, Sean? Well, um, it appears that on this day I was wrong because <laughs> I. <laughs> well, maybe, I don't know. Maybe not. I, I, I go back and forth. Uh, I, I had uh, Infinity War at number two, second to Endgame. Okay. Do you still not feel like. Mm. Where, where would it be now? It'd be one. Yeah. It'd be number it, one. It, it probably with Endgame at two. Yeah. If if you ask me now, I'd probably still say Infinity War is the best MCU movie. I just can't get over the way Endgame ends. Hearing Cap say Avengers Assemble for the first and last time, I think. Well, um, there was there was a glorious second. Oh my god, <laughs> there was a glorious second right after you said that, where I went. I don't know if I know how Endgame ends. <laughs> wow, what a life I could live. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Steve Rogers said the same thing, I guess. All right. Well, that was a fun little trip down memory lane. Yes, sir. Um, let's jump into the pals polls. Oh, actually, before we do that, if you are listening to this and you want to let us know which of those four movies you would have removed between Logan Infinity War, Spider-Man 2, and The Dark Knight. Definitely write in and let us know. We're going to post that as a question in the Discord as well. So you can join the conversation any way you want. Uh, that being said, let's now get into the Palace Pulls. Uh, Pete chose Solid Blood number 17. Uh, do you want to explain this? Uh, I mean, I know we have it in the news. So, like, I, I don't know if we want to, like, talk about it now or if we want to just save it for, for well, later. Who's, but who's who's the creative team, at least? Okay, well, the creative team is uh, Robert Kirkman and Ryan Otley, uh, which obviously, you we know, my, my favorite, yeah, least favorite creative team. Uh, my favorite creative team, the team behind Invincible, the first time they're working together since the end of Invincible. Um, there's a really interesting story. <laughs> it's like six months ago. It's not... <laughs> It's not, like, oh, stop. it's not like they're. It's not like they hate each other or something. It was, no, I don't mean that. Like, like two weeks ago. No, I don't mean that they hate each other. But it's like you know, Ryan Otley's been working at Marvel. That's like uh, when they just always. Can't, 
when they always at DC try to say, "Oh, we're uh, Scott Snyder and and Greg Capullo are reunited for a Batman <laughs> story." <laughs> They're you never back. forget. They're back. Like, okay. <laughs> I yeah, can't no. believe it. It's not like they didn't work together for 10 years and still <laughs> say really nice things about each other. No. And still put out <laughs> Batman stories together. <laughs> yep. Yep. Yeah. So either way, uh, I- I'm I'm obviously excited about this. And the story around it is is weird and, and silly. Um, so I'm I'm excited to check it out. I'm glad to see glad to see the band back together. Awesome. Uh, Kale Chill's. Tales of the Dark Multiverse Crisis on Infinite Earths. So this is the only uh, multi Tales of the Dark whatever <laughs> that I will pick up because it's a Crisis on Infinite Earths. Um, super big fan of the old Crisis stuff. Um, I think this one uh, follows uh, uh, the JSA in particular. And one of the big questions is, can the JSA survive if Alan Scott goes dark? The Dark Lantern. Probably. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm, I'll be here for the ride, so. Okay. That's cool. Uh, Phil chose New Mutants Omnibus Volume 1. Yeah. Oh, this is a gem, folks. Uh, New Mutants is one of the all-time great X-Men runs, particularly of like a side X-Men run. Uh, it's by Chris Claremont and Bob McLeod. Uh, I interviewed Bob McLeod at one of the um, conventions we were at. I want to say it was a New York Comic Con. It could have been a Philly Wizard World. I don't remember. It's on YouTube. You can check it out. It was a great interview. Uh, and he gave me like a book of sketches. But here we have uh, we have New Mutants 1 through 34 collected with the annual. Uh, we have Marvel Team Up number 100 and a bunch of Uncanny X-Men stuff. This is a lot better than the movie probably is. So, uh, I really enjoyed this run. I must have read this lasting early high school, I want to say. I, I went, you know, balls deep into the X-Men in the, in middle school and early high school years. So, uh, have I, have I, any of you guys ever read the classic, uh, New Mutants run? Is this the, the Demon Bear stuff? Yeah. Yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. No, I haven't. I've always wanted to get to it, but I've never. <clears throat> it's a, a gap in my knowledge. I've never, never been able to get to it. I've read some of it. Like I, similar to you, I, I had um, a period in high school where, like, when I was really getting back into comics in a huge way, and I was like torrenting all the time, yes. and I had like a bunch of old Marvel shit that I read through, and I, I've, I've read stuff here and there from it. Um, like I had never read Demon Bear until our our book club, but um, mm. like I've read some of the other like stuff around that time. Yeah. So uh, this is. Uh, good I'm shit. not sure if this has ever been collected in Omnibus before, but if it hasn't, it's long overdue. Yeah, I'm supr- if it hasn't, I'm surprised. Um, I chose X Force sixteen. I this is this is a book that I fell off with because of the pandemic that I didn't um, catch up with, and so I really want to. Uh, before things you know got messed up, this was one of the better books from the X Men world, I think, and Benjamin Percy's take on these characters has really been a a very interesting to watch a lot of stuff he's done with domino and colossus like he's really um adding value to these characters characters that people have not really seemed to focus much on especially lately uh so i'm really intrigued as to where he's going and that's where you have to be if you want to know what's going on with beast who is 
slowly like becoming Dark Beast, and no one's really talking oh, about that. Yeah, it's, interesting. It's, yeah, um, so it's 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 a really good book, and I'm not sure where it is right this minute because I am behind. But uh, where I left off, that's what was happening, and then of course the X of Swords stuff, you know, took up a, a couple of issues anyway. So I'll be reading that for sure next week, and um, I'm really excited. Oh, so yeah. cool, cool. Uh, let's jump into our Marauders 16 review. Uh, I'm gonna show the cover for you YouTubers. Because I want you to know exactly what this issue is about. So if you can see this on YouTube, I will also describe it for you on audio. We are looking at a cover that features Emma Frost and Kate Pride stepping on the face and body of one Sebastian Shaw. That is what this issue is about. When we last read what I would give to be Sebastian Shaw. (laughs) <laughs> I feel you. I, I I feel you, especially with Emma Frost, her gloves. That's probably my favorite new costume feature of the entire Jonathan Hickman X-Men revamp is the, the gloves that Emma now wears that barely fit. I don't know what it is about <laughs> these gloves, but they do not fit, and I love it. Um, it's the price of fashion. <laughs> So we talked about how Ten of Swords was very much a detour for all of the stories that we were following within the X universe. Um, and I think Marauders, probably more than any of the other books, was impacted by that because it had a very, very significant um, and like focused story going on that it deviated from in order to dive into Ten of Swords. And now we're finally getting to get back to that. So this is, of course, Jerry Duggan, Stefano Caselli on art, uh, Edgar Delgado on colors, Corey Pettit on letters, and Tom Muller, the designer of choice for all the X-Books. Um, and so, yeah, we, we, we just get right back into Kate and Emma exacting their revenge on Shaw. That's literally all this issue is. Yeah. Right out of the get-go, when they go to the door, one knuckle, one fist is has kill tatted on it, and the other has Shaw tatted. Uh, I I just think it's so fucking funny that she just straight up like the first punch through the door. I was like, oh, that's really cool. Like, you know, this is aggressive. The fact that there's the second one, I was just like, damn. All right, like <laughs> he just got fucking knocked out. Yep. <laughs> I uh. So, I don't know, not to bury the lead, like, I really enjoyed this issue. Um, I loved getting back into the actual story that we were following in Marauders and, like, fuck Shaw. So, like, you know, this, this, I thought this issue was, like, genuinely pretty funny. Um, I found myself laughing out loud a couple times. Yes, and uh, Glob Herman. I, I had, a- <laughs> yeah, the Glob <laughs> Herman bit was, like, fucking brilliant. Um, so I, I think like between seeing a character that I don't like get his comeuppance, getting back to the story that we were enjoying and having some like legitimately solid uh, bits, but also just like physical comedy um, with like the glob thing was like, yeah, man, I dug it. I thought this was a really fun issue. Would you say you Jerry dug in it? Ooh. You know, I, I would, Kale. I would. <laughs> <laughs> Goodbye, everyone. Good. That's the show. <laughs> 
yeah, uh, I'm right there with you, ahead. Pete. This was one of, of like the main uh, Marauder story stuff that's happened. This might be the best issue. It had a really good balance of, uh, uh, you know what? Some I, oftentimes this this series hasn't grabbed me, but from a dialogue standpoint, I thought this was the most creative. It really popped. It was it was good. It was really good. And now I have a crush on Kate Pride. So here we are. I'm surprised you didn't already. What the hell? And it took a while. She was dead, you know. No, sure. <laughs> I just figured, like from the kitty years, you would have. No, I, I never struck me like that. Uh, oh. It wasn't until she became this badass that I was like, okay, yeah, all right. It wasn't until I saw her beat up Sebastian Shaw where I was like, you know, I could really see us that's working right. out. Because that's... I could really see her <laughs> kicking my ass. Listen, this is a window a into my dating life. So, <laughs> I I did enjoy the issue. I just had a, I guess it's a minor, maybe you could say it's a nitpick, but um, I didn't, them depowering him. I didn't love, um, and I'm prepared for you guys to disagree, but I just don't know how I feel about them even having the ability to depower mutant on Krakoa, like that that's something that they just keep around. Um, I guess they could have gotten it from another place that is a drug or a thing that exists, but one of the things that I don't like about uh, mutant stories sometimes is when they just... Oh, you're just depowered. Like, it's so convenient. Yeah. And it's something that I've seen, like, a lot. So I, I didn't really love that here. Um, but it would have been very, very difficult for this issue to play out how it does had they not been able to do that. Yeah, so that that was kind of, like, how I thought about it, where, <clears throat> for me, it... it I generally agree with you, like, with that as kind of a rule, but I, I kind of filled in some of the blanks for myself in terms of, okay, right, like, Shaw did this thing, they knew they were going to exact revenge for how long it's also been diverted, right? Like, the idea that they have this tech on Krakoa does feel odd. The idea that Emma has it doesn't seem as crazy to me because, like, she's a schemer, you know? And, like, the idea that she would have that in her back pocket in the event that Literally. somebody... Yeah, literally in this case, right? Um, that she would have that kind of in the waiting, like, in case anybody tried to check her, let alone Shaw, who she has a direct reason to fuck with right now. Um, I bought that angle of it. So, to like, for me, it, it's sold because of that and also because I think, to your point, this issue doesn't work if Shaw can fight back. So... It needed to happen for this issue to play out the way that it did, and I liked this issue enough that I'm willing to be like, all right, like, it, it passes the smell test for me, you know, of like, I buy that Emma has this in the waiting. It's the gloves. I got over it. What's that? It's the gloves. It is the gloves, dude. It's a great place to hide a weapon. Those gloves are fucking long. She's like ready to be, get into falconry. I got over it once I... Once the issue kind of got really rolling, uh, mm -hmm. I was like, oh, man, you know, this is really cool. So I let that go. But, you know, just something I would I would prefer not to see, especially, like, after this. Um, but I just love this issue. Like, they just spend all these pages just drinking his wine <laughs> and, you know, 
throwing it away, slapping him. Like there's like there's literally a panel where Emma Frost just slaps him. <laughs> Dude, I loved the uh I love the way that they used Kate's powers with that too, like where she does like the fucking Liam Neeson throat chop from Taken yeah. and just is like flat like he's like, I'm Sebastian. <laughs> Yeah. So good. So good, man. <laughs> um getting Lockheed back was also cool. Uh love it. Nice to see he... him get a little bit of bloody vengeance. Yeah, that was great. Cause like I I loved I love the way they played that too, where she's like, I'm not the only wronged party. And then he's just like sitting on Storm's shoulder, like in the shadow, like he's like fucking Batman, and then eats his eye. He he tries to say, <laughs> it's fucking great. He tries to say who he is multiple times, where he's like, I'm Sebastian Shaw! Multiple times <laughs> before he can even finish saying it, he gets his shit kicked in. It's pretty good. I know, right? He's always trying to announce himself. <laughs> what a douche! Um, Just, if you have to say your name that much, man, maybe you got a branding problem. What's your name? Uh, what, what's your name? S- Sebastian. Sebastian Shaw uh, from the Quiet Council. Uh, never heard of you. We've met a few times. Doesn't ring a bell. Sorry. Oh. I also thought it was funny that he got a, an eye patch. <laughs> you just carry one of those. Uh, that was that was probably my favorite written bit. Like I just like that she said I figured I needed it at some point. She's a pirate, yeah. <laughs> yeah, she's like I'm a pirate. Like of course I'm going to need an eye patch at some point. My absolute favorite panel is from the final page where they're the quiet council is voting on whether or not they should hear what the hell's going on with Shaw and <laughs> Mr. Sinister's just like, hell yes. <laughs> <laughs> and Mystique is like, ha, huh, no. <laughs> like, why not? <laughs> uh, good stuff. There's a lot of good bits in this issue. Um, it doesn't... This is the only thing that happens, so, you know, there really isn't much to speak of. If you don't like watching Sebastian Shaw um, get, get tortured... Get clock cleaned. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> then, then there's nothing here for you because that is the only thing in this issue. But it's very cleverly written. If you like kind of snappy dialogue, this issue will speak to you. Yeah, it's really not overwrought. It, uh, it, it the dialogue does flow, and it is it is strongly written. I'll give it that. And that's not something that I have absolutely always felt about the Marauders book. But Mm -hmm. this is clearly the story that Jerry Duggan has been most passionate about. This is clearly the issue that we've been building towards almost from the word go. And so this really does feel like the end of a chapter when it comes to the series. And I really hope that it is because I don't actually want to see any more of this. So I think that's what my problem uh, with this issue was – I, I don't disagree with anything you guys have said. I, I like the dialogue. I, I like what happens. But I think I would have liked to have gotten this over with before Ten of uh, Ten of Swords. Yeah. the I think just like the fact that we had to wait f- for this in this time of like, okay, now we should be getting back to 
new beginnings and figuring out you know what the next steps are in the in the world i think i think that really it hampered what i uh enjoyed i think i am so with you um and and i think and and going back to what you were saying about uh them depowering him i think it like that it also makes it it sort of makes it feel cheap at the same time like it's good it works but it's a quick a quick wrap up and that's like if it's going to be that quick why didn't you do it before 10 of swords i would pose the question and we we obviously will not get an answer to this but i wonder if had covid not happened if this issue would have been issue 14 or whatever and this would have happened before 10 of swords i get that impression cuz like they call that out in the issue yeah like there's yeah. like a, there's a, a narrative box where it's like oh like the 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 recompense had to be delayed you know or whatever yeah. and it's just like yeah. but now it's time you know so like it it very much feels like it's like okay remember previously on Marauders great let's let's go forward from here now yeah um, obviously I don't know the answer to that it could be that this was always the plan um, mm-hmm. maybe to give the Marauders like a fresh start but I am with Kale in the sense that you know. Now this is the second issue of the post Ten of Swords world that I've read, uh, or I guess third if you count Sword, um, Sword Hellions and this, and I don't really have a clear a clearer picture of what the world looks like at all. They're clearly waiting for X Men to usher in the reign of X, and that's fine. Mm. But because these issues are coming out before that. It feels like they're not allowed to do anything. And so these stories are not progressing. Um, but again, still, I still enjoyed the issue. And uh, I am looking forward to moving on. Um, art-wise, I, I, I mean, we've reviewed almost every issue or every issue of this series. And we have had the exact same thoughts, pretty much, as it relates to the art. Um, I think that this issue was strong in the sense that it gets across exactly what Jerry Duggan wanted to mm-hmm. in every single panel, uh, on every single page. I think that a lot of the uh, fun of the issue is getting to see all of Shaw's faces, and um, they're really rendered well by Caselli. Like, he does look pretty funny when he's getting beat up. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it, it plays, um, but there's there isn't anything at least for me, nothing that was like particularly stand out. Other than that, hey, and then Kate look as hot as ever. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, what, what more uh, can you say? Am I backing off? They they got rid of her big eighties hair though. <laughs> Guys, she's kind of saying someone said like maybe chill out. Who's she saying? Uh, who's to say? <laughs> the tattoo artist, right? <laughs> uh, that was just a quick uh, flame. <laughs> I, um, I really yeah. put my mark there, you know. I don't want to hear any more about that. Uh, <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> any other thoughts before we move on? It's just very refreshing to return to non Ten of Swords stuff. Yep, that'll give you. That'll yeah. give you. And. 
you know, I hate to I hate to say this, but um, you know, one of the things that I that I mentioned uh, during our Ten of Swords like overview is that a lot of times with events that are not that great, it's like super easy to just like almost ignore it. And at least for the last three issues that we've gotten of the post Ten of Swords world, none of them have addressed anything that happened in that series, with the exception of the fact that there are now two council slots open. That's mm. it. And that's frustrating. So You should apply. Um, I should apply? Yeah, for one of the council for seats. For council seat? Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Well, he's a scroll. No. So. Maybe. Have we seen him go through a gate? That's the question. That's the question. I haven't seen you go also, through a gate. Also, Phil, I would appreciate it if you didn't comment on mutant affairs. Fair, yeah. You know, we're 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 friends, but I I am a demon. Uh eco terrorist, that's fair. Yeah. Just just maybe dope. just stay in your lane. Count you know, let Kale and I figure out if Sean's a scroll or not. This is dumb. <laughs> Shut your mouth, gold balls. Shut your balls, gold balls. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) I don't have anything for that. Okay. (laughs) Well, let's move on from Marauders and talk about Spider-Man. Let's talk about Spider-Man 3. Let's talk about three Spider-Men. Forget three Jokers. That shit's trash. (laughs) Now we're talking about three Spider-Men. I'm talking about Tobey Maguire. Okay? Yes. I'm talking about Andrew Garfield. Uh, okay. All right? I'm talking about Tom Holland. All right. Well, sure. I'm out. Okay. I'm out. <laughs> Bye. Tommy McGuire. Now, last week, obviously, we did talk about Spider-Man 3. We did talk about the overwhelming evidence that they were going to be bringing back Andrew and Toby to appear in Marvel Cinematic Universe's Spider-Man 3. But we had no confirmation. Now it appears that we do. Uh, and it's actually crazy. All of the top most reputable websites are reporting. Collider's reporting. The Hollywood Reporter, Deadline, they're all saying the same thing. Andrew Garfield and Tobey Maguire are back Man, for Spider-Man 3. They were trailing behind. We had this Sean firm last week, okay? All these other outlets? No. No. Doug, months ago. We months, had this Sean firm months ago. Months? Years. I've been talking about this for years. I only started listening months ago, oh, so you gotta cut me some slack. It's one of those things where I remember, like, you know, you, you were laying some of the threads a long time ago, and it's like, that seems crazy, and then it just gets more and more re- real until you're just like, shit, aliens exist, huh? Like, this is where we're at. <laughs> I'm that dude. I am that dude with a sign that says the end is nine, and then no one believes me, and now all of a sudden there's a squid in the middle of Manhattan. <laughs> all I'm saying is everyone that reads, you know, IGN and Hollywood Reporter and all these outlets, you're wasting your time. Because all you need to do is listen to the Comics Pals each and every week, and you'll get your shit Sean Firmed for Spider-Man Info. <laughs> Sean Firmed. I like it. Sean Firmation. Sean Firmation. That's, Sean Firmation is good. That's, that's a Honestly, lot that's, that's one of the better uh, things we've ever come up with on the show. <laughs> <laughs> now, there's more, if you can believe it. Because Tuesday, we learned that 
none other than Spider-Man 2's only villain, Doc Ock, yes. is coming back, and Alfred Molina will play him. One of my all-time Can you believe it? Can you feel it? Can you feel it, Mr. Krabs? <laughs> Who's that? He's... <laughs> uh, that's Me, I guess. That's not all. He's not a villain. That is not even all. Kirsten Dunst is coming back. Hell yeah. That's cool. Okay. Unreal. And that's not all, right? Topher Grace, here he comes. <laughs> Yo, notice who's Venom. Dun, 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 Venom. <laughs> Where's James Franco eating the Jello? <laughs> no, no. Wait, it wasn't. It was. Was it Jello? <laughs> or cake or something? Or pie? It was. It wasn't. It was pie. Yeah, he's just like, oh, oh yeah, it's, it's pie. pie. It's so good. It's That's so the good. first meme that I remember. That's the first <laughs> meme I remember. Yeah. What are we talking about? We're talking about, about right. James Franco eating pie, baby. In, in Spider-Man on Thanksgiving. Yeah, right. So I, I understand what those words mean individually. Remember Kale in uh, Spider-Man 3, Peter meets uh, James Franco in uh, like a, some kind of pastry shop or something, and they're having a conversation, and then Peter's like about to leave or something. It may, may not even been Peter, but um, James Franco's eating, and then he's like, "Do you want some pie? It's so good." And then um, yes, yeah, okay, I do. I think it was MJ. <laughs> it might, yeah, it was probably MJ. <laughs> yeah. Okay, I remember that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, okay, okay. Um, okay, so <laughs> somehow. That is not all of the Spider-Man 3 news. Because allegedly, the internet has won. The internet generally always wins. But I think this might be one of the biggest wins that we have ever had. Because it appears that Charlie Cox will reprise his role as Matt Murdock, a.k.a. Daredevil, and appear in Spider-Man 3. Boom. My dude. It's, Hashtag save Daredevil, everybody. We did it. it. It's literally the only thing I've wanted from like uh, Marvel is to save uh, Netflix Daredevil. It's the best thing they ever put out. I can't even believe that. So, this, this whole thing is, is fucking crazy. Like, if... If one of these things was true, it would be like, whoa, this that's a big deal. And now it just feels like am I just getting trolled? Like is this all is this all actually happening? <laughs> Cuz it this sounds like that fake wizard magazine shit. I had that thought. <laughs> but then I saw proof. I saw a picture of Toby Maguire arriving in Atlanta. <laughs> I've seen this. It's so dumb. Dude. He's in a jacket. With a mask on in front of a bush getting out of a car. With shorts. Oh, that means he's going to a costume fitting in, in for Spider-Man. Whoa! Is, he's in Atlanta. That is, how, uh, that is how this kind of thing works in general. Why would he be in Atlanta? Joby yeah. McGuire got out of a car. That means he's Spider-Man. Wow! In I can't believe he's back. In Atlanta. Uh, in Atlanta. Uh, they make I saw the other day that Willem Dafoe's been in talks to come back, too. No, you didn't. I did, seriously. Where? Oh, it was like, what's this insider dude's name? Uh, you look for that, Phil, 
and we'll let's let's yeah. So, so let's talk about this. Okay, so obviously all of this is wild, um, and it's super exciting for a million different reasons. Oh, oh, wait, whoa! I gotta slow my roll because I forgot that Emma Stone is coming back as yeah. Gwen Stacy. Yep, I forgot that we were getting she that. She did. I said we had one more thing, and then we ended up getting that in some other thread. <laughs> and just, you know, because I know we talked about this, but just because it's confirmed now that Jamie Foxx is coming back as Electro. Yes. So, there we go. How? Uh, yeah. <laughs> no, it's just fucking wild. <laughs> How, Sounds so fake. <laughs> we, we Obviously, we talked about a lot of this last week certain elements of it so we don't have to belabor it but how do you feel now that we know that this is what is happening and my biggest question is do you think that all of this can coexist in one movie without these being just small cameos and not actually like a full-fledged spider-verse spider-men movie the the thing that throws me is the charlie cox one Right. There's no way he's going to have a, a satisfying presence in that film. He's going to be a bit, a bit hey, part. Man. In the beginning, when they, you know, Peter's in court for whatever horseshit they pulled in Far From hey, Home. As long as it's like a launch pad for him to do a movie, all right. Yeah. No, this is, this is, he's Daredevil, not launch pad. <laughs> okay. I like that. I like that a lot. Ooh. Um, yeah, no, that. I, I think that's probably on the money, Kale. You know, like, I, I think it'll probably be, like, a very small appearance like that. And I think that there's a definitely a chance that that's something similar um, with, like, this broader thing where it will be, like, a, um, you know, Peter's getting shot through the multiverse type thing. And, like, he stops in the Raimi universe. He stops in the Garfield universe. Yeah, like, whatever. Um, I think that there's there's a good chance that that's the case. I think there's also a really good chance that it's more of a. Um, I, I think I mentioned this a few weeks ago when we first got the Jamie Fox news, and I remember one of the elements that Sean had brought up was that it was going to be Jamie Fox playing Electro, but that it would not necessarily the be same the same Electro that we met in Amazing Spider-Man Two with like the ultimate you know, style blue head and everything and that we could see him in the more traditional 616 garb and all that kind of stuff. So my thought process there as well is that maybe this is going to be a scenario where, you know, um, it all of these actors are playing similar versions to the characters that we know from alternate universes where some of the key things that happened in the movies that they were a part of didn't happen, right? Like, um, you look Gwen at... Gwen Stacy's death. Right, like Gwen Stacy's death or, like, Otto Octavius's death. Like, how does it make sense that these characters are going to come and be in this movie if they are canonically picking up for one, from where those movie universes it's left speak, off? I think they are Speaking of right? characters being dead... I found it. Uh, so this guy, Daniel Richtman, who's like an insider on Twitter that has like 90,000 followers, uh, he says that both Dane DeHaan and Willem Dafoe are reportedly in talks for Spider-Man 3. Dane DeHaan, I believe, is who played Green Goblin in Amazing Spider-Man Green 2. Green Goblin. So. Yep. Oh, okay. Um, interesting. So... <sighs> They gotta get Paul Giamatti back. Yeah. Next. That's gonna be the that's the next big get. Uh, but anyway, um, 
to answer your your initial question, Sean, of of like how I feel about it, um, I I think it's kind of a tale of two feelings for me now, because uh, obviously a lot of the, this news is really like hype and like cool and exciting in like a headline grabby like how crazy will it be to see that kind of way. Um, whether all of this adds up to a good movie remains to be sure. seen, but like the the bigger thing for me is that. As much as I want that movie, I was really excited for what I thought Spider-Man 3 was going to be. You know, and I remember through both of our, our reviews, um, you know, Phil has has le- uh, levied the critique, and he's not alone, right? That, like, it, it really blows that we've never gotten to see uh, Tom Holland's MCU Spider-Man just be, like, a friendly neighborhood Spider-Man and just do his own thing. You know, because, like, the first movie is very much like, you know, uh, it's like an Avengers story, right? Like, he's living in the shadow of Tony Stark, and there's that whole thing, and whatever, right? Fine. The second movie is a little bit closer to what we're talking about, but it's not in New York. And, you know, it's, it's again, it's not getting any of those, like, those classic Spider-Man beats. And you go into, you know, the end, spoilers for Far From Home, right? Like, the end of that oh, movie... On. He is, you know, public menace, Jay Jonah's, you know, after him, like, you know, you got to imagine like all of a sudden New York's going to turn on him, all that stuff like that. That was it felt to me like we had finally established a status quo where we could get like a classic, you know, like Silver Age vibe kind of Spider-Man movie in the same way that the Raimi trilogy kind of tapped into that energy. And I really wanted to get at least just one movie like that where it's just a, you know, Tom Holland Spider-Man is back in New York and he's juggling his personal life and his new girlfriend and being Spider-Man and we get one of the big, you know, A-tier villains who is like a re- legit threat and he's got to deal with that while he's public menace and clear his name and blah, 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 blah. Right. And like that, I was excited for that movie and I don't see how we ever get that movie <laughs> if this is the next movie. Right. No. Like it. No. So I'm, I'm, I'm not down on this. I'm not like cynical about it in the way I've seen a lot of people be. And I, I am, excited for the potential of it and i'm sure that there's going to be a lot of like you know like getting to see toby Maguire in the suit again is something that would be like super nostalgic for me and something that would get a pop out of me and you know like i i guess i'm willing to make that trade if that's where we're at like you know and i can get on board um but i kind of wish i could have my cake and eat it too like i kind of wish we could get the normal friendly neighborhood movie and then this could be like spider-man 4 you know um but you know, we'll see what happens. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I have some of those same feelings, but I think, I think that this version of Spider-Man was never long for the MCU, yeah. and I have to say, doesn't this feel like a send-off? Like, doesn't this feel like? Uh, hey, here's the history of Spider-Man. Here's this, you know, our our Spider-Man, and here's everything that's come before. Let's explode it 
and then get into the like whatever the future of Spider-Man is going to be. Let's like in my mind, and obviously I'm a bit biased because I've been saying for a really long time that I don't believe that Sony is going to continue to allow Marvel to use this version of Spider-Man in their films. But with all of this happening and it being Spider-Man 3, you know, the third in a trilogy and all of the things that have happened between Marvel and Sony, it's never been more clear to me that they're not going to be keeping Tom Holland. And I want to point out another thing. So one of Sony's biggest things has always been that they want to make a Sinister Six movie. They want to use the Sinister Six. Yep. That's going to be this movie, right? Like Yep. Yep. Because be. Yep. But but think about this. Think about the characters that they're using. Okay? Let's say it let's say Alfred Molina fully cast, he's Doc Ock. That's not Marvel's Doc Ock. That's mm-hmm. Sony's Doc Ock. Mhm. Yep. Because I've said before, any character that Marvel uses in a movie, they get. That's their character now. Except for Spider-Man. That's why uh, it's not Mary Jane, it's MJ. Specifically, that is not Mary Jane. Yeah, right. Mm. Um, Mm. That's why uh, the dude who plays Ned Leeds isn't Gank, the character from Miles Morales. That's Ned Leeds, even though he clearly it looks exactly like Miles' best friend. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's why this version of Aunt May is not old. A milf. Right. <laughs> um, Electro. Listen, I'll come for Sally Field all day. Don't even. <laughs> Electro is not Marvel's Electro. It's Sony's Electro. You get the point. Yep. Um. So... They want to have their cake and eat it too. So who are the rest of the Sinister Six? In my mind, you have uh, Scorpion, who is in prison right now. Mm-hmm. We saw him go to prison in Homecoming. Uh, you have, obviously, Electro and um, uh, Doc, uh, Doc Ock. Vulture. You have, Vulture. Sorry? Vulture. Vulture. You have Vulture. Michael Keaton is Vulture, yep. yeah. You have, um, who am I missing? Uh, Morbius. I mean, I don't I know. Mean, maybe Venom. Mm, I don't. Mm. That'd be that'd be Venom's not bad. Um, and Morbius won't yeah. be out well, yet. Maybe Carnage then. No, it's no, someone. No. I, I don't know why I'm blanking. It's it's characters who've already. Mysterio. Is it? Oh well, hold on. If, oh yeah, it would be Mysterio. Yeah, I mean, it could be Mysterio if if he's still alive somehow. But then it's also it, it could it legitimately would... be either. Uh, maybe Will Willem Dafoe is. Doc Ock, but or I'm um, not Doc Ock, uh, Green Goblin, but also um, more than one movie. It's just not his thing. Uh, or also, Paul Giamatti could come back as Rhino, the Lizard. Mm. In Amazing Spider-Man, mm-hmm. Doc, uh, uh, Connors. Uh, Doc Connors, uh, Doc Connors. Yes, yeah. thank you. That also, I mean, any be, of them could be on the table. I think though um, that there's actually one character, and this is the last like major point I have to make. There's one of them. That will not be a character we've already seen. And I'm going to blow your minds. Because I haven't talked okay. about this yet. Oh, yes. the Sean Formation. Let's hear it. <laughs> the Sean Formation. 
So, or is this this the tail end of the Sean Spiracy? <laughs> <laughs> That's what we'll find out. <laughs> Sean Firm or Sean Spiracy? Very good, Kale. <laughs> or is Sean a Sean Stradamus? <laughs> hey. Ned Leeds. Oh, interesting. Okay. Ned He's going to be a villain? Who Shucker. is Crap. Ned Leeds in the comics? What villain is he? Anybody? Oh, oh um, Hobgoblin. Hobgoblin. Yeah. Thank you. Booyah. Oh, Booyah. fuck! Now the actor <laughs> and that, would, that would cover the that would cover the fucking. He just got super fucking ripped. He got super ripped. Ooh. And in oh, recent no. interviews, he's been saying that he that his character is going to undergo a significant change, and that he would love to go down the path of Ned Leeds from the comics. What? That's, That's fucked up. Hobgoblin. Why? Be, Why would that happen? That would be it, man. Is he not no more. Now? Damn. Uh, he, now, I do have one pushback, Sean. Not on Ned yeah. Leeds, but on this overall Sinister Six thing. I feel like they wouldn't use Alfred Molina in future movies. I, d- I looked up his age. He's 67 years old. One movie. One, one movie. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Just this. Yeah. Yeah, just this movie. Everybody only has to be in it for one. Then you blow everything up, have a new status quo, and we move forward. Okay. Yep. Okay. Because it's not like to- like Tobey Maguire's not coming back forever, yeah, right? Like I, I got all these people coming back for Spider-Man 3, but Alfred Molina in a Sinister Six movie. Uh. No, no, no. no. Not, not a Sinister Six movie, but they want to use the Sinister Six. In this movie, oh, I think. Oh, right, here's my I question, okay, though. Okay. I, yeah, I think it'll be all three Spider-Men fighting the Sinister Six yeah, together or something. Okay. But here, here's my question more for you, Spider-Man. Sean. Uh, more, more. Yeah. Go ahead. Um, isn't the case right now that the Disney-Sony deal has been extended for two movies? That it's that there's Spider-Man 3 and then there's a team-up movie, correct? You're so good at this. Okay. <laughs> Spider-Man 3, right? Right. Yeah. Um. We're in, we're dealing with multiversal craziness. At some point, this is going to probably result in a massive collision. That's right, if you will. A secret war, if you will. A secret war. But I'm not even getting into that. <laughs> um. <laughs> I could easily see. A scenario in which he appears again in a movie, a team-up movie, an Avengers-type movie, where mm. Spider-Man has to come help them. Tom Holland, Spider-Man has to come help them. Comes back. He comes back for the one-off. Now, if I remember correctly, if I have my facts straight, it's – I want to say it's – three movies that Tom personally is under contract for. Something like that, yeah. And I have always said that that last movie will be Sony's movie. That will be Sony's Spider-Man movie, or that will be Spider-Man and Venom versus Carnage in a Maximum Mm. Carnage film. That's, that's, That's my thought. That's what I've always said. So... Because with that in mind, I'm wondering if no, that doesn't make sense. Never mind. I was going to say, I'm wondering if, if it could be like 
could whatever we're talking about, like this storyline, be a two-parter? You know, like could Spider-Man three be like the introduction of these threads, and maybe it is like a, a conflict with the Sinister Six or whatever, and then like there's some resolution in whatever the team up movie is that resolves Tom I, Holland's narrative I, in the MCU. I personally imagine it will be a compact movie, but it'll be a launch pad for other things. You know? Yeah. I also I also like really wonder if there's not a chance that like I don't know, that like that this that this situation continues to evolve. Oh, I think so, absolutely. Like you know, we talk about the OG Spider-Man three, and a name that didn't come up was honestly the best part of that entire bad movie, which is Thomas Hayden Church's Sandman. What if he is okay. the other? I'm being sincere. What oh, if he shit. is the other Sinister Six person? I didn't think about him. Mm, yeah, I, that's I, a good. I hate it. You know why? Because I don't want to see that dude vanish and uh, like float away in sand again, like he did at the end <laughs> of Spider-Man three. <laughs> Also, he he does he is not a villain at the end of the movie anymore, right? Yeah. So like, yeah, he's probably a villain to begin with, I guess. To be fair, though, I don't Could be actually an think that where we see these characters end up is yeah. relevant because in the end of Spider Man Two, if I remember correctly, Doc Ock had already come to his senses. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, and obviously it was dead, and yada yada. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, that just goes back to that that theory I just had earlier where it's not going to be the versions that we know. It's just going to be similar versions. Yeah. Um so that is all I have about Spider-Man. Uh I'm super excited. This is awesome. Everything that's going on, I think is is tremendous. And do I think this is too many characters for one movie? Uh, no, I really don't. I know that sounds insane, but Infinity War probably had yeah. twice, three times the number of characters, and that was great. Shit, so Spider-Verse had five main characters by the end of it, like, or six or whatever, right? Like, and, you know, that was all characters in, like, granted, a lot of them are smaller, but, like, all of that was introduced in the context of one movie. Yeah. Well, they, and people got I'm, it. I'm sure something similar will happen. Like, Spider-Verse had, like, two main characters and a bunch of ancillary characters which i imagine is what this would be it'd be like tom holland is your main character and everyone else is kind of like a you know supporting role yeah Mm -hmm. yeah but all right that's gonna do it for the uh the spider-man portion of this episode um we will most likely see i'm calling it now we will see something official from marvel Regarding all of this before the end of 2020. Bold. Hmm. When is their big Dis- Disney conference or whatever? D23. Um, They're not, it's not happening this year. That was what. Right. This, yeah. The, the event that we're talking about today is what replaced that. Yeah. The investors. Uh, investor day. We're, hmm. we're messing yeah. up the branding though. Like you said, this wraps up our Spider-Man segment. We can't call it that. We have to call it like oh. Spider-Sean or something, something catchy like that. We have to brand it. With I don't know you. how catchy that is. <laughs> I said, I think that's I said very or good. something catchy. <laughs> uh, because that's the marquee, baby. Sean knows everything. Spider-Man. Hashtag Sean was right. That's it. Yes. Yes. Also, hashtag save Daredevil. Yes. 
unrelated, but also very important. I now we just need one more big guy, one more big. And man. it lines up with that fucking shit. I know we're not talking about it, but they're talking about how they're going to have like uh, a mature section on Disney Plus. We are talking about, and I'm. Oh, 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 that's okay. Never mind then. Fuck, I'll say I'll table that for later. Listen, we have Charlie <laughs> Cox as as Tom Holland's lawyer in this movie. There's a newspaper with Vincent D'Onofrio on the cover. I'm happy. Season four. Let's go. Bring it back. I'm down. I'm down. So uh let's let's keep things in, in the realm of Pete. Uh we're gonna talk now about Solid Blood 17, which is a very weird announcement from Robert Kirkman. He posted uh, a, a strange YouTube video, uh, and and quite frankly, I watched it and I was a little annoyed. I felt like he was wasting my time, uh, but it was a long walk for a refreshing drink of water. I have to say, um, yeah. <laughs> so the long and short of this, well, Pete, you wanna you wanna talk about it? Do you do you feel comfortable? Sure, sure, yeah, yeah. Um, and if there's anything I miss, you can fill in the the blanks. But, uh, yeah, I mean, basically, um, Robert made this YouTube channel and tweeted out this video that was, like, talking about, uh, this comic called Solid Blood Number 17 that was a book that had, you know, um, his and, and Ryan Otley's names on it. And it was characters that they had discussed working on a book about. Uh, after Invincible, but then Ryan was exclusive with Marvel and he had something else in the works and there was just no way that this book was ever going to come together because they were both so busy and that all of a sudden they got this call that these books just showed up and were printed and had their names on them and, you know, um, and that like, oh, we're going to put it out, you know, like it's weird, it's number 17, it's random, but hey, it's it's coming out and it's this book. And uh, I mean, he's like done stuff kind of like this before with like announcing his books like he just like shadow dropped um that other series he has die 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 like it just came out that one week um so it's not like this is unheard of uh from him um but uh definitely a super super weird announcement and a super weird way to do it um but i think it speaks to his kind of sense of humor his like very like dry like sarcastic kind of like bullshit so, um, like, if, if you're a fan of Kirkman, I don't, I don't think it's, like, super surprising that he did something like this. <laughs> his bullshit says, super fan Pete and Bessie. I love the guy. I love his bullshit. He's <laughs> got good bullshit. Yeah. Um, I thought it was really hilarious that this is issue 17. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> That's really strange i read something that uh i thought was kind of interesting the idea that um this will actually go backwards oh i didn't think about that that's Hmm. that's a cool idea yeah that it starts from this crazy random point in the story and then works its way backwards so we see um everything else Hmm. interesting and it would end i guess with number one i really like that theory i I really am curious, like genuinely very, very curious as to how Ryan Otley is allowed legally to do this. I I wonder if – I don't know. I wonder if um, if he had some kind of stipulation in his contract like beforehand that we just didn't hear about because they wanted to like keep the book secret or whatever because um, it, it reminds me of like how – uh, like certain creators, like um, 
like Chip Zdarsky, right? Like has has had his contract with Marvel, but like Sex Criminals was like um a part of that deal where it's like I'm allowed to work on Sex Criminals until it's over, you know, at least. Um yeah. or whatever. So like there are, there are people who sign exclusive contracts that have like some kind of clauses. like stipulation. Yeah, yeah, clauses. That's yeah. Um so I wonder if when Ryan signed the deal if he was like, hey, I'll come sign the deal, but I'm also working on this thing with Robert Kirkman that's going to come out in a few years. So two things. Um, one, unless Ryan finished this whole thing a long time ago, the comparison between him and Chip is a tough one because Chip writes at Marvel and draws sex criminals. Sure. Ryan Otley is at his best slow. So... The idea that he could have that he could be doing this and whatever project he's working on for Marvel doesn't make any sense, especially because he has been working on Spider-Man for a little while now. So I'm really struggling to figure out and hopefully we learn this how the timeline works out if this is going to be more than one issue, uh, which I can't imagine that it's not. I'm very, very uh, shocked by this thing because artists can't work on multiple books or at least it's extremely difficult maybe maybe the stipulation was something like maybe he couldn't start a new project and if they're going backwards then maybe you know and starting at number 17 well it's not a start (laughs) some kind of stupid loophole yeah marvel right out joe casada Joe Quesada, who's not even the editor-in-chief anymore, would go to Ryan Ali's house, pull a gun out, and shoot him in the head <laughs> if he pulls yeah, something but this like is, that. But this is Akira Yoshida's Marvel. He doesn't give a fuck. I will say the that that narrative feels like something that Robert Kirkman would, would come up <laughs> they, with. The, the, the Disney Marvel lawyers go to like the CEOs and are like, I got us, boss. They got us in a loophole. <laughs> what do we do? It's issue 17. <laughs> Their lawyer, Charlie Cox, he caught us in a loophole. <laughs> Who's the dude that runs Disney? Was it um, Bob, Bob, Iger. Uh, Bob Iger? Bob Iger. Iger? Is he yeah. still in charge? I think so, um, yeah. Sarah just audibly booed from upstairs. <laughs> Uh, he's gonna, he, I mean, he's got enough money. He's gonna launch a small nuke and kill Robert Kirkman for this. Oh, he got us in a loophole, did he? Hey, turn around and look the other way for a second. Boop! <laughs> they can't take my man out. He's He wrote a whole book about Survivor the Zombie Apocalypse. You tell me he doesn't have a basement shelter? He's got He's this. Yeah, that's all, that's all right. He's probably uh, dying of COVID anyway from whatever Trump's last super spreader event was. Oh, Bob Iger? <laughs> no, Bob Iger. Oh, Iger. <laughs> is, he, uh, is he one of those guys? Oh, yes. He's a big yes. donor, yeah. He's a fucking yeah. scumbag. Really? Yes. <laughs> Famously yeah. donated to the 2016 and 2020 Trump campaigns. Bummer. Yeah. Yep. Uh, well. Diversity. <laughs> can't wait for solid blood. <laughs> yeah, me too, man. I'm looking forward to it. So, we talk a lot about future states. Frankly, I'm tired of hearing about DC's future. But we now know the future of that. <laughs> Marvel keeps doing what it's doing. We're not going to hear it anytime soon. <laughs> Do you guys Who gives know? a fuck? 
Do you guys know who the next Batman is? Sean. Ooh, it's Sean. Yeah, I follow the comics pals on Instagram and Twitter, of course. I knew who the next Batman is. It's Sean Bartley. <laughs> it's me, Kale. <laughs> it was me all along. <laughs> I'm just, I said it first. <laughs> oh, right. oh, god damn it. Um, <laughs> I think I made the joke first, too, oh. on Discord. Quite frankly. Comics pals. So it's slash Discord. It, 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 it's Tim Fox. Um, is he wearing hockey pads? No, I don't think so. Um, I don't think... No, no. So, quite frankly, I probably am going to look like that when I'm like 45. Like, yeah. If you look, oh, yeah, you look like that now. Yeah, yeah, I do. Yeah. He's got more... If you, if you, if you trimmed your beard, you could easily do... Uh, a, a sweet Tim Fox cosplay. <laughs> Yo, finally, there's a cosplay that I can do. Now, granted, I would have to lose, uh, well, I'd have to convert whatever fat is on my body into muscle. My thighs would have to get absolutely massive, and I'd have to become friends with Bruce Wayne. But once I accomplished those things. Anything's possible, baby. Yep. Listen, that's not even that much. We can, we can if you told out. me in the grand scope of the multiverse that there's a reality where Sean's Batman, I would have looked at you without blinking and said, yeah, obviously. That tracks. <laughs> <laughs> we've, we've talked already a lot about who Batman was going to be. We The majority of us said Luke Fox. I forgot about Tim Fox, quite frankly. Yeah. Um, Didn't know he existed. He, he, yep. He's not present a lot. Um, he doesn't make many appearances at all. Only more recently has he been uh, showing up in the Batman books as Lucius tries to, like, mend fences because they've been on bad terms. He he was uh, introduced in, like, 1979 yep. or nice. something. Yep. Real, huh. real old. Love that shit. So, yeah. you know, cool. Now we know. And, uh, by the way, this is uh, what John Ridley will be working on. This, this and other um, the other history of DC. So... If you like, if you've been wondering about John Ridley and you want to know what he's going to be doing, this is that. Why are we talking about the the history of DC? It's future state, baby. History doesn't matter. Batman uses guns now. That's what DC's been saying for years. History don't matter. That's true. Well, speaking of the future, this past Thursday... At Disney's Investor Day 2020, we learned about the future of Marvel Studios, and boy, is it bright. Very We're going to be talking about all those announcements right now. Woo! So, when I tell you that Marvel announced a boatload of things, they really went all out. We know basically the entire... Um, phase four slate at this point. Um, and it wasn't just that. It was announcements as far as titles for some of these movies. It was announcements as far as um, actors for these movies. It, it just, just mind-blowing stuff. And it's almost difficult to even know where to begin. Oh, we got to start uh, with the biggest thing, my man. What is that? Well, that's so arguable. Like that's the thing is, there's so much news. Oh, the biggest thing's got to be the Fantastic Four, right? 
It's gotta be. All right. All right. So that's yeah, cool. I, I think that's fair. That's fair to say. Okay. So let's let's start there then. Fine. Phil, you're coming in hot. Like, kids. Um. Okay. Like, it's the first big thing since the Fox acquisition, right? The Fantastic Four. And yeah. It's a, you know, you talk about potential, right? You talk about potential. And we've had three Fantastic Four movies all squandered for one reason or another to the point where they are basically either, you know, best case scenario, irrelevant, worst case scenario, a joke to larger pop culture. When potentially Fantastic Four could be, you know, as big as an Iron Man. It's done right. And this is that window. This is that opportunity. We could actually get a Fantastic Four movie that's good. So, just to add, um, it will be directed by John Watts, right. who, of course, has been helming the Spider-Man movies. So, that's that's literally the only thing we know. We don't know, um, you know exactly when we're getting it. Uh, it's, it's, it's TBD. Um, but the, so the, the last movie that we got like a date for, or not a date, but like a, even a year for is Guardians. We know now that Guardians will come out in 2023. Fantastic Four Hmm. seems like it will probably be later than that. That makes sense. Gotta be 2024. Right. Like Fantastic Four in 2024. Gotta be. That's true. Um, yeah, that's true. Just to add to it, it's a gateway for so many things that Marvel can do. You can add Galactus, you can add the Silver Surfer, Annihilation, the Negative Zone. Ugh. There are so many countless possibilities. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I only f- yo Doom, bro. Oh, of course, uh, the biggest <laughs> one of all, Victor Von Doom. I. I'm on record. I'm more excited for the Fantastic Four in the MCU than the X-Men at the Me moment. Me too. Uh, I just feel like there's so much there. And I think when you look at where the MCU has been going uh, with the multiverse and all that stuff, it's an easy in for the Fantastic yeah, Four. Yeah. We've done that already on the show, the theory crafting and stuff. And I really feel like that's where things are going. So I can't imagine a better time to introduce them than literally just if they were here from the beginning. So I'm all in and super excited. Um, John Watts directing. I like the Spider-Man movies. They're good. Um, I enjoy what he's done with them. He, there's a, I don't know. It's going to be interesting. I think there's a like an old-timey feel in a way that a Fantastic Four movie could benefit from. It can mm-hmm. be that family I mean, they literally are a family. Um, that that'll be the only thing like that that we really have Guardians. so far. Mm. But like a family, family. Like there, you know, there's people that are related. Like an, you know, like an Incredibles type exactly. of film. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I could see John Watts delivering something like that. I I think so. Yeah. Like when when I saw that announcement, that gave me um, some confidence too, because like I think. When I think of the Fantastic Four, like you said, they have that like kind of old timey feel, and I I think that like that lends itself to um, at least a somewhat lighter tone, you know. And like that's obviously the MCU style anyway. And like when I think of you know the uh, the the Spider Man movies, like 
they definitely feel a little closer to the ground than the rest of the MCU fair. Like, maybe not quite as much as I think um, some people would like. But I, I could see... I could see that his style and, like, the fact that he's done a good job of creating, like, a cast of minor characters and having Bonds there that feel legit. Like, giving him, like, a team movie seems like a good move. And, and to add to that, you know, you know we're, we're coming out of all this stuff in, in, in more ways than one. Endgame feels like the end of an era of, of, of Marvel films, of cinema. And <laughs> Endgame was the end of, of cinema. Like, that was the last big movie <laughs> like, before COVID. Movies are yeah, over. kind of. Yeah. Who would have thought? Like, in, a, in a very real world situation, we don't know what the landscape of movies are going to be like now because of whatever happens after COVID. So, you know, Endgame was like the last giant blockbuster. It's very interesting. That, but that's not the point. You know, looking forward, you want something to build around. I think there's nothing better to make your foundation of whatever's next in Marvel than the Fantastic Four, and like, it, and that's why they're doing it in that's five years because <laughs> we're in this weird kind of transition period as it is. You know, the Fantastic Four inherently are a very uh, they're grounded by their family, but as a group, their whole thing is just moving forward. Reed is looking to tomorrow constantly, and that's what this entire thing seems to encapsulate. Yeah, I mean, I I think um, to Phil's point, right? Like you look at at this slate, and you know, um, we we talked a lot about in the post uh, Endgame world, like what does the next generation of MCU films look like, and like who are the leaders of of the superhero community at this point? Now that some of you know the big names have come and gone, and like I think it totally makes sense to see Reed you know, slip into that, that role of, of, you know, what, what Tony generally was, you know, and maybe not necessarily as like, um, much of like the front and center poster boy because he was the first movie and everything. But like, in terms of being, you know, the, the tech genius, like, you know, creative problem solver type role in the Avengers, like, oh my God. Yeah. That's the, you could see that. So it's easily. why the casting of the fantastic four is more important than anything else. I think the the MCU really has been an Avengers world, and that's cool, but it's such a, you know, not in like a horrible way, but it's a misrepresentation of what the MCU is like, or what Marvel comics are like. Right. Yeah. There's so much more than the Avengers, and that's what the MCU has been lacking. If it's lacking anything, that's my big thing, is that it doesn't represent anything but the Avengers. And yes. even, like... The Guardians, which is, you know, obviously cosmic. Like, yeah, that's cool, but they even dabbled with the Avengers and stuff like and that. And they joke that they're like mm-hmm. space Avengers. Right. Mm-hmm. I want sure. something that's just not related to that. Like, yes, obviously it will interact, but the Fantastic Four are about their own business. And they don't need to be in space to be about their own business. Um, I think that's what's cool about them, too, is you can really apply them anywhere, right? Because, like, there is all the Marvel Cosmic stuff, and, like, you could have them go show up in that shit and, like, dabble in space stuff or do stuff on Earth. Like, they're so versatile (laughs) compared to some of the other characters in the lineup. I will say, just for optics, I don't think the first movie should be an Earth-based Fantastic Four movie. We've had three bad attempts at it. I I think we should really just throw them out somewhere. Negative zone, space, wherever. Ugh, they tried that negative zone thing with the uh, Josh Trank movie. Yeah, uh, I didn't even see that movie. Stick. Really? 
Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. There's a ton of ways they can go. I think we'll save that conversation for another sure. day. Um, it's exciting. I, I would literally it, give up yeah. every MCU movie ever made for a great Fantastic Four movie. Yeah, they mean a lot to me. They mean a lot to the Marvel Universe, and like we need this. So uh, 2024 can't come fast enough, if it even comes out in 2024, which is another conversation that we'll have a little bit later on here. Um, on this episode. Could always be 2023. You never know. Could always be later. Uh, so <laughs> that's that's definitely the, the, the tentpole movie announcement that we got out of this. Everything else was just casting stuff and things like that. We didn't learn about any other new movies. We learned uh, Ant-Man and Wasp. The title for for the third Ant Man movie would be called Ant Man Wasp Quantumania. Uh, so that's cool. We know now that officially Jonathan Majors will be joining the cast of that movie as Kang. So, Very interesting. Um, yeah, he was trying to play coy with that, but now we know that that is what's happening. Um, we also actually learned that they recast. The role of Cassie Lang. Um, she was. Uh, I can't remember who originally played her, but she'll be played by Catherine Newton now. She okay. only showed up briefly in Endgame, correct? Uh yeah, she was. Yeah, she was older. And mm-hmm. um, well, yeah, we saw her as a little girl in sure, Batman. but yeah, there was yeah. the time skip. I think I, 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 yeah. I, I don't think yeah. it's an issue. I don't either. Good. I bet that. I bet that actress. Yes. <laughs> I, I bet too because she wasn't. I, I wish I remember her name. I'm sorry. She's not like a a nobody. She's she's a decent name. But uh, this this new uh, woman that they have uh, cast, Catherine Newton, has a movie called Freak or Freaky or something like that. Oh yes. Um, oh yes. Okay. That's that uh, Bloomhouse film with Vince Vaughn. Yeah. It's a Freaky Friday yeah. horror motif thing where a serial killer trades place with a high school girl. That's wild. Yeah. Wow. Um, <laughs> that sounds it's fucking supposed to be cool. Very fun. So awesome. so her name, her stock is kind of rising, and you know I think maybe Marvel wanted to capitalize on that. And just take this opportunity. So, um, because maybe she's going to be in a Young Avengers movie at some point. Who knows? Uh, I mean, I don't. They've think got there's three now. Yeah, right. yeah, that's going to happen. Right? Come on. Uh, one of the announcements I I, I know is uh, uh, America Chavez is going to show up in uh, Doctor Strange. Yes, and that was something Whoa, that what? was. I didn't see that. Yeah, cool. we talked about that on the show uh, a few months ago. Now it's officially confirmed. Uh, Emma. Emma Furman okay. was Cassie Lang in, in uh, Sorry, Avengers Endgame. Emma. Emma Furman. Godspeed and good <laughs> luck with your career. Yeah, that's a that's a that's a burn for sure. Um so so yeah, that's that's cool. Uh, I'm into Ant Man. I thought the second one was a really strong movie. Um, and obviously I really dig Jonathan Majors and I love Kang, so I'm there. Yeah, man. Uh, it's interesting. I Kang in an Ant Man movie. You know that is interesting. You would think we've talked about it on the show before. Kang seems like an Avengers four antagonist. Now, this obviously could be a Loki situation where it kind of catapults him into whatever happens I think next. He'll be real Loki. Nice. Yeah. 
Uh, it's hard to think that they would just utilize him as a one-off in an Ant-Man three. Yeah, I, I think I think it's clearly going to be like a Loki situation in my mind. You know, Sean has talked so much about how many times you could introduce him yeah. and reintroduce him and everything. Like, give us the concept. He comes back as a big bad later on. Sure. I so I have two things. Uh, one, I generally with the MCU, and this is sad to say, but there are times when I kind of like get worried about them uh, because they do things like make a movie called Thor Ragnarok, but it doesn't really reflect the comic in any way. Yeah, they do things like introduce the Mandarin, but it's a complete diversion from the Mandarin that we know and love. Uh, they 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 like almost to do things like that, and for me, as somebody who is you know very very much about the comics, yeah, I want to see things traditionally um, represented, and they do sometimes blow villains off, and you're like, wow, where's Ultron? You would think Ultron could be a bigger villain. He's dusted, and you know we won't be seeing him again theoretically, um, but. With Kang, I sincerely hope that Marvel knows what they have. I believe they know what they have. Jonathan Majors is not the kind of actor right now that you just throw off. Um, He's really talented, and I think that they can utilize him well in this role. I said way back when that I believe the reason we're learning this is because he's actually... that. This will not be his first appearance. His first appearance will actually be the Loki movie where we'll see his origin... um, I'm sorry, the Loki TV show, sorry, where we will see his origin because he is from the future, and as we saw in the trailer, Loki is involved with the TVA, which is something we've known for a while. I believe Jonathan Majors will factor into that. Interesting. I'll talk about that a little more when we get to the Loki segment. Um, So, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm optimistic, although I will say cautiously, if he's not in Loki, then I'm worried. Yeah, it would, uh, it would suck if they did a thing where, uh, like in uh, Captain America Civil War, where they have, uh, what is it, uh, uh, Baron, Zemo. Baron Zemo, and, you know, he feels, you know, he was definitely on the back burner of that movie, and he's a ma- big-time antagonist in the comics. He will be back, yeah, though. That's right. He's in Captain America. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, rather, uh, Falcon Winter Soldier. So, could be like that, though, right? Uh, Maybe we get introduced to him in a smaller role, and then we... You know, see him come back over time. Go ahead, Gil. <laughs> I just, uh, Pete's, <laughs> Pete and I are next to each other on my screen, and his his arm <laughs> is going right where my hand was. So I was uh, but also, <laughs> I did I did just want to uh, uh, point out, Marco put the timeline, the image of the timeline in our Discord, and I was looking at it, and the uh, Spider-Man 3 comes out, uh, according to this chart, on uh, the the date is uh, December seventeenth, twenty twenty one. Now, when we had the discussion about, I think it was Scarlet Witch and Doctor Strange. Uh, we also said that uh, Sp- Spider Man would be involved in that somehow. Like that was the prevailing rumor. I always thought that that would mean that Doctor Strange would come first. It was originally supposed to come first, I think, and then Spider Man got moved up. Mm. Um, Doctor Strange is in Spider-Man 3. Right. I think, yeah, I think that it's still, I think it's still 
works. Because Doctor Strange is in Spider-Man 3, obviously has his own movie, and then he, from what I know, um, is also in WandaVision. He has some involvement in WandaVision. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Mm-hmm. And all that accumulates into Doctor Strange yep. 2. Uh, multiverse of madness. Indeed. Um, <sighs> yeah, I'm really excited for that movie. Sam Raimi. Since you brought it up, might as well. You mentioned Spider-Man. Um, I think it's extremely telling regarding everything we spoke about earlier that this is the only movie, unless I'm wrong, I'm open to be, being corrected, this is the only movie on the entire slate of Phase 4 films that was not referenced in this investors meeting. What's interesting to me is that they they called it untitled. I think it's a really bold move on uh, on Disney's part. Spider-Man untitled. They're really diverging from the home theme. theme. Keep going. Untitled home. That kill keeps swimming without a paddle. <laughs> Um, don't need a paddle when you're shooting bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I, I, I wonder if the reason they didn't talk about anything in Doctor Strange is because there's Spider-Man. Yeah. Because of stuff in WandaVision and Spider-Man. Yeah. No, I was saying they didn't talk about Spider-Man. Spider-Man was the only oh, movie they didn't talk about. Oh, oh there's no. been so it, much announced this week, I guess they didn't have to. I, well, sure. I... Yeah, but none of that is confirmed by them. I think they're saving that conversation. They're giving him his own time yeah. because of the stuff with Sony and everything else. I think they're going to do that later. Okay. Another another thing, too, is if it's an investor's thing. They're like, oh, look at all these things we can do away from Sony. They We can do things that aren't right. Sony and yeah. Spider-Man. Yeah. Yep, I think you're absolutely right. We are, we are actually great. <laughs> Uh, and then the other thing with the films is that four movies now are listed for 2021. And my question to you guys is, uh, what are the chances that we see all four of those come out that year? Pretty uh, low. Before you guys answer that, sorry. Black Widow, May 7th. Shang-Chi, July 9th. Uh, Eternals, November 5th. And Spider-Man, December 17th. That's tough. What are the, what are the chances we all see them? I can tell you. <laughs> One out of five ain't going. Classic Kale. Yeah, we'll see. To answer your question, Sean, it's it's really difficult to answer candidly. As I alluded to when we were talking about Endgame not ten minutes ago, the entire landscape of cinemas is so different now. I mean, Time Warner came out and just was like, yeah, we're going to simulcast all our movies with HBO Max along with theatrical releases. And that's that's so unprecedented and so wild. Now... You know, we, we know we're going to have vac- several vaccines distributed at, as as soon as Monday because, you know, the FDA approved emergency distribution of Pfizer's vaccine yesterday, uh, Friday for uh, people listening to the show. And I that's the million-dollar question, right? What's going to happen to movies this year? Because this is the year where things are going to start kind of presumably inching back to normal at some point. Uh, but when? So I don't know. When do you guys? When do you guys feel like you'll be comfortable going to a movie theater again? Like after the vaccine is distributed? Like how soon? To me, it's it's. I have to be vaccinated. Is that is that soon you enough? Know, like, as soon as you're vaccinated, like the second time, because you have to be vaccinated twice. 
will you feel like okay I'm ready to go do life again yeah I, I would say so because like to me like I'm I'm pretty low risk you know like I, I'm I'm in generally good health aside from the fact that I'm a little overweight um but you know like if I get vaccinated and I'm through the you know the second round and everything and I I'm good to go like I don't see why I couldn't go to a movie theater right like that's the risk what do you think Sean uh, I'm with Pete. I mean, I I'll, I'll be I'll be honest. If if movie theaters were open in New York, I would have seen Tenet. Um, and that's not smart, but that's where I was at at that time. And if I'm vaccinated and I and there's a Marvel movie in theaters, there's a non-zero chance that I don't go see it. I think Black Widow comes out for sure in May. Now, I don't know what's going to happen with it. Do you think it comes out on Disney Plus as well? Not right away. Mm. I think Black Widow will be the sacrifice. Uh, I think the test, of just this. like in the films, yeah. Yeah. I think <laughs> I think Black Widow will be the movie that they use as a barometer yes. if that movie comes out and it does even decently. Because I think you can forget about like whatever numbers Black Widow could have done, which I don't think were high anyways. I think you can forget about it really reaching its top potential. But if it doesn't do terribly, I think that we'll see these movies probably hit their release dates. Um, the one I see potentially being moved is... Uh, it's it's weird. I see Eternals potentially being moved. I think Spider-Man, Sony has say-so in that. Um, Eternals seems to not have a, a real, like... It doesn't seem necessary among these. Neither does Shang-Chi. But um, Spider-Man, I don't know, is movable uh, at this point. I feel like late 2021 is such a safer date, too, though, right? Because, like, you hope. You hope, right? If the timeline that Phil just was discussing, right, like, comes along, um, you'd have to imagine that by late 2021 that – there's a certain amount of, you know, like, stability yeah. uh, to be I had. I know for a fact, you know, Fauci, Anthony Fauci has talked about how anti-vaxxers and people like that could ruin it for everyone else. Like, yeah. if 10% of the American population chooses not to get the vaccine, which seems low, unfortunately. Uh, you know, I don't know what the implications are, but, you know, this whole thing could still be muddied by next fall, unfortunately. Yeah, right. And I, I'm not I'm not discounting that. Um I'm just saying that like let's let's assume uh that a, a more positive outcome is the result of of what we what we seem to be looking at right now. I think like a December release date seems a lot more stable to me I than say a July one. That's I think that's indisputable and yeah. you know, you know, that's an- all I'm saying. Anything outside of that is beyond the scope of this conversation. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah, right. Um, um, so, yeah. So, mm-hmm. the question is, you know, do you guys see all four of these movies coming out in 2021? I don't know. I I think I think that it's a possibility, but I feel like the, the reality of it is going to be so dependent on what the next, like, two to three months look like that... I, I don't feel confident guessing either I would say way. Optimistically, yes, but I think realistically, no. Yeah, I think 
<laughs> I think I think uh, Marvel, and I think I've said this before. I think Marvel's going to see how Wonder Woman does in terms of theatrical release, and then I think they're going to use Black Widow as their their own barometer, like you, like we said. And I think it'll I think it'll come out. I think maybe not necessarily to these dates per se, but I think they all come out uh, because I, I think they're just they're tired. They're tired of sitting on it. Studios they're tired are of waiting. Tired of sitting on their movies. That's for sure. There's there's money to be made. There's industries need saving, and and Disney needs to, you know. Line unfortunately, they Disney needs to line their pockets, and we need cinema. Yeah, like, right. I was gonna say, and frankly, I think it's it. People are hungry for stuff right now. You know, like nobody can go anywhere. People miss going to the movies and. Like, I think even, you know, we talked about this with the whole HBO Max thing. I think that there's like a, uh, a, a relevant segment of audience that is going to be more likely to check this stuff out now because they're hard up for shit to do while they're stuck at home. I, I don't think Wonder Woman will be a fair litmus test. It's just too soon. I don't think people are, well, one, I don't know if people are going to be able to go see Wonder Woman because right now COVID cases and hospitalizations around the country are as bad as they've ever been in the United States, frankly. So cities right. are on lockdown again. There are tons of restrictions. Los Angeles, New York City, Philadelphia, tons of cities are basically going to be in positions where they can't go see Wonder Woman in theaters. So I don't think that's a fair litmus test for, for Disney. But that doesn't mean they well, will. They'll use this litmus test to see how it does in your streaming service. I, I think that those are different because of the fact that Wonder Woman is releasing both ways. And if Disney isn't willing to release their movies on stream, which they haven't said that they're not, they're kind of playing it, you know, um, loose. They're keeping their cards close to the chest. Um, But they can't do another Mulan. They can't do that either because that sucked. Like, people watched it. I'm not saying people didn't watch it, but there was a lot of sour grapes about that. They can't do that again. So, if they're going to do it, then they have to sacrifice that money. And I don't know if Disney's willing to sacrifice that money. I also don't know that Disney thinks that their movies won't be uh, relevant to people when they come out, when they're able to come out, whereas HBO has an ulterior motive. That is such a different conversation because HBO Max also happens to be, numbers-wise, the worst-performing streaming service, HBO uh, Warner wants to do something with their movies that has nothing to do with movies. Whereas yeah, I think Disney's in a different place. But I really want to mm. shift gears from yeah. that. Uh, so, okay. Now, in 2022, we have Thor Love and Thunder, uh, which has a release date. Uh, it is allegedly coming out on February 11th. Um, Wait, really? No, like am I, 2022, am right? I wrong? 2022, yeah. I, I, for Thor, I see it on the uh, IGN article as May 6th. Okay, so I guess this that I'm looking at is, is wrong? Hmm. I mean... I also see May 6th, yeah. Could be either. Interesting. Huh. Uh, yeah, the one the one Marco posted in the Discord says February 11th as well. Interesting, yeah, because on IGN it says Doctor Strange is March 25th and Thor is May 6th. All right. Well, let Black Panthers July eighth, and Captain Marvel's no, uh, first November quarter twenty twenty two. Sure. Huh. Sure. Okay. 
fine. <laughs> That'll work. Um, so... <laughs> no, let's have a conversation. Let's fucking have it. When is, is it coming out? Thor Love and Thunder, a Valentine's oh, Day movie. Go! Actually, probably. So, Thor will feature Christian Bale. We've talked about that in the past. We didn't know who he'd be playing. I thought he was going to be playing... Um, this dude who I can't remember the name of at the moment, he runs Roxon, the organization, and he's also a Minotaur. Um, he's a part oh, of Jason Aaron's story. Right. That's sick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> he won't be playing that character. Instead, he will be playing a character from Jason Aaron's store run, just another one who will be playing Gore the God Butcher. Same. And <laughs> Bore the God Butcher. <laughs> Stupid ass. Uh, I'm a little disappointed. I love Gore. I think Gore is a tremendous character. Um, however, they stripped him for parts for Thor Ragnarok. They gave his blades to Hela. And also a, an aspect of his character where, you know, Hela was like wanting to bring about Ragnarok or whatever she was into. I felt like I gotta rewatch that movie, but it seemed like there were aspects of Gore's character even in her, where she was like, wasn't she, wasn't she being locked away because they were afraid of what she would cause if yeah. she were unleashed? Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah, So, so that's what I'm talking about. Um, and so I don't know how you hmm. do Gore without like they have to reinvent the character is what I'm saying, mm. and so that'll be interesting, but it won't be Gore from the comics. It won't be. One that's what you've said you don't enjoy. Right. Exactly. Uh, so that's that's basically what we learned um, for that film. When it comes to Doctor Strange, we of course learned that um, America Chavez will be... Um, oh, no, no, no. I'm sorry. Wait. Yeah, she is in that movie, right? There's so yeah, much, yeah, so yeah, much yeah. information. Yeah, so she will be in that movie, which is pretty cool. Um, and that release date is March 25th. Yes. Um, Black Panther 2. That's an interesting situation. Black Panther 2. Uh, the only thing we learned is that they will not be recasting Chadwick. Um, probably the right move, right? I you know what I, I hate to do this, but I feel like it's the right thing to do. I want to let that hang because that that conversation I think is so big that we really could and should do a main topic. I needed time and space to discuss what should happen next or okay. what you know what I think about what will happen next. It's to the point now where we have to discuss it, but I'd rather do it next week. Well, uh, that works and for let me. that be its own. Conversation. At the very least, they, they've huh. made a decision on it. Right, exactly. And that's what I wanted to talk about today, was just to say what they said, which is the announcement that they will not be recasting. And according to Disney, Black Panther 2 will focus on the world of Wakanda and looking around at, at all the you know great characters that they introduced in the first film. Okay. Uh, I will not be here next week. Go ahead. Or for a couple of weeks after that, can I yep. just toss mine out yep. real quick? Uh, I I think uh, the the that would be a great way to introduce Shuri as the Black Panther. Uh, 
it makes sense in the the line of succession it makes sense you know uh, you know if you want to uh, fill up, uh, you know, uh, for a lack of a better word, diversity quota or whatever. Like it, it, it makes a you know a good a good launch pad for a a good uh, strong black smart character, you know, who's female. Um, I think that I think that works. I think it works really well, and I think it's something uh, that could work really well as a pivot point from from the comics as well to sort of set set both this the cinematic universe and the comics uh, apart let's leave it there All right. um so there was also captain marvel 2 electric boogaloo <laughs> which has a release date of november 11th and will feature um sorry whatever whatever uh the Chadwick thing comes up. It's just tough. Um, no, that's okay, man. It, it will feature uh, Miss Marvel, which is pretty cool. And oh. it will feature Monica Rambeau, which is pretty cool. Um, I didn't hear that it was going to include Miss Marvel. I like that. That's really cool. Yep. Yeah, that's cool. Uh, Monica will be appearing in the WandaVision show. We've seen her in the trailer. Yeah. We'll talk about that in a little bit. And she will carry over into Captain Marvel too. So cool. Yep. Pretty cool. Um, and then when you get into the 2023 plus range, we've got Guardians, which we talked about. The one thing with Guardians we didn't talk about um, is that in 2022 there will be a holiday special <laughs> Disney Plus like episode. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm into that. <laughs> yeah, I'm into that too. I'm sure that'll be good. some old. Old Star yeah, Wars sounds, shit. Yeah, I'm sure that'll very be fun. Stupid. I like it. That sounds like a thing that makes a lot of sense for the Guardians too. You know, mm. um, they're also listing Quantumania as a 2022 film. Um, mm-hmm. and then after that, we don't know anything. Fantastic Four will come out when it comes out. De- Deadpool three. They're listing. Now that's interesting. We weren't sure what yeah. was going to happen with that after the Fox acquisition. It seemed like the type of thing they wouldn't want to touch, but uh, you know, I guess there's money to be made. To, to me, it, it makes a ton of sense when you consider the context of some of the other announcements that were made. Um, like the thing I alluded to earlier, like the R-rated section on Disney+, Plus, but also the fact that Deadpool's made a ton of money, and they're also making Blade, which I'm pretty sure they confirmed was going to be R-rated as well. Um, so I feel like it just, I feel like it's honestly, weirdly, something that slots into their portfolio in a way that happens to make sense right now. It's also Ryan Reynolds fucking wants yeah. to do it, so. I can't think of a single reason why you would leave the Deadpool money on the table. Right. Um, yeah. It's a proven thing. It worked. It works. My thing is the biggest question of all with that is how do you establish Deadpool without the X-Men? I, I would imagine if they're already working on the movie that it will release before we see an X-Men movie. And so if that's the case, are they just going to say like, hey – I don't know how I'm here, but I am, and all that other stuff happened, but it didn't, and I don't know, and that's that. That that is possible. There is a it's a throwaway line, but I saw it uh, recently going to uh, probably Instagram or Tumblr or something. But there's a line in 
uh, Deadpool, whichever one Colossus was Ooh, in. Two. Uh, they, I didn't want um, as well, actually, though. They, uh, he's dragging Deadpool away, and, and Deadpool's like, oh, who, which professor are we going to see? Uh, Stuart or McAvoy? I can never te- keep these timelines straight. Sure. Yeah. So it very well could be exactly that. I I genuinely think that's what they're going to do. Like, I think that if, you know, if they're listing Deadpool here in the slate, right, like, they're basically acknowledging that Deadpool is going to become a part of the MCU at some capacity. And I feel like like the status quo that they established with with the the character between like him being in Origins and that being Ryan Reynolds and then in the the two you know Deadpool movies that we've gotten he's acknowledged the fourth wall and talked about the actors and the timelines and all this stuff I feel like it would be super easy to drop him into the MCU and establish a new status quo in a fucking intro title sequence you know, where he's just like, all of a sudden, I fucking ended up here, and like, oh no, blah blah, yeah, whatever, right? And then like, when the, they inevitably the same thing they did with uh, Harley Quinn. How do you mean in in the Harley Quinn Birds of Prey? They had that animated, uh, oh yeah, Bruce Tim cartoon yeah. that told uh, her whole I history or whatever. That. And I have to watch that. Um, did you not? No, I never saw it. Uh, oh. Sorry, but yeah, I, I think you can easily do something like that. And, and get us back up to speed and have him make a couple jokes and then, like, we're off to the races. And yeah. for whatever Deadpool 3 is, don't put any mutants in it and, you Who's know, bring him back in. Me? What? What's that? Who's he going to fight? Me? <laughs> I mean, fucking probably. <laughs> I mean, whatever, right? Like, I mean, that's the thing. Like, there are other things they can pull on. But it also, I don't know, like, maybe that could be a way for them to start introducing mutant characters and, like, it is like pre X Men, you know, but we start getting tastes of of that world or something. Like, it, eh, it's, I don't think it, that's honestly, crazy. It just might be a non sequitur thing where it's just a bunch of Disney jokes or something, and not really related to the MCU. It's like you know, it's you know, the, the meta is that oh, I'm owned by Disney now, but that's really the extent of it. Yeah. Um. What if What if Deadpool is Professor X? No. <laughs> sorry, sorry, sorry. Am my mic on? I can't. Right, maybe you guys can hear me. Deadpool is Professor X. I had one um, thing for Fantastic Four that I thought was kind of cool that I wanted to share with you guys. Um, it does require me to share my screen, so oh, okay. we're we're gonna yeah we're gonna jump into that. But I do think that this is worth. Uh, I do think this is worth the showcase. Do the do. Oh the Mountain Dew, that is. Gotta let me do it, host. Pete? Oh, come on. I'm yeah, the host? Did you start this call? Oh, yes, probably. you're the host. Well, geez, now I'm the one messing everything up. I'm sorry, everyone. You think you dumb hoes would have this straight after 216 episodes? You think. All right. Okay. And here we go. Wait. Uh, uh, okay, oh, I got okay. it. We're there. We're good. We're good. All right. Don't pass. So, uh, <laughs> if you look at this image, let me see if I can make it bigger. Okay. If you look at this image, this is an image from Far From Home, okay? And so, what do you see? It says, if you look, where, can you see my cursor? Yes. All right. So, if you look yeah. at my cursor, it says, we are excited with a one or two to show you three, what comes next, question mark, on Whoa. 41st Street. <laughs> Sean. 41st. 
the, well, there's a question mark after the three. What yeah. comes after three, four, and they, and this shit's taking place on 41st Street. I just thought it was, you know, kind of a cute little nod to the to John Watts directing the FF. Yeah. That's what comes next, baby. I, I What is the 41st thing? Just that it's on, just that it's on four, so four. four, you know, like. And, and, oh, okay, yeah. okay, okay. Sorry, I was, I was, I genuinely, I wasn't trying to be, I wasn't getting that. They're the first family, right? Oh. Four, four first movie, maybe. Sure, something, something cheeky something like, like that. Something like that. Yeah. 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 So, okay. Just thought right. that was, you know, a cute little thing. All those but, um, favorites the, on, his, on his browser, they're just all pornography. All those uh, fucking tabs are disgusting. Jesus Christ, guys. Now I gotta stop sharing my screen. What do you think he is, um, Marco? Come on. Alright. So, that's it for the movies. Uh, we, we covered, we touched on everything that they, you know, announced uh, for the films. I'm still basically at the same place with the film slate, which is cool. I'm not overly enthused about a lot of this uh i'm interested most in what happens with dr strange followed up by thor i think those are the movies to watch um ant-man and the multiverse or ant-man and the wasp quantumania looks like it's going to be interesting because of the kang factor and then obviously anything after that like fantastic four whatever is like cool but it's too far out let me ask you a question yeah do you feel any more enthused after a year without like movies really? Like I was never burnt out. Okay. I don't I don't experience that type of thing. Okay. If I like a thing, I just want it. So um for me, you know, these could have been they could have all come out this year and I'd be happy. Gotcha. What it must what it must be like to live in Sean's uh, brain, I guess. I don't know. Fucking invincible. Yeah, y- your middle name is Burnout, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. So let's let's talk about the shows because there was a lot of announcements with the shows. And Jesus we're Christ, actually going to go in a reverse order here. We're going to start with the shows that um were announced or had updates about that didn't ne- that aren't far enough along to have a trailer. Okay, so um. We know that we're getting a Miss Marvel show. It's coming out in late 2021. We didn't really learn anything significant about that. Um, Hawkeye, we are confirmed getting... Um, uh, shoot. Um, Kate Bishop. You. Kate Bishop. Uh, Haley Steinfeld will play the character. Yeah. Uh, so yep. that's pretty cool. We, we, we basically knew it, but now we know yeah. it. Know it. Uh, also, got the dog. Yes, dogs in it. Yes, that's awesome. Yep. I hope they. Get, I hope we get the Russian uh, mobsters also. <sighs> yeah, it. I mean, by by the pictures so far, it looks very ground level. So it's Hawk guy ish. Yep. Uh, Hawk guy. She Hulk. Uh, Tatiana Maslany is officially now playing the character. Uh, we oh, also know that's that, awesome. Yeah, she's great. Yeah. Yeah, she's we tremendous. also know that Mark Ruffalo will be in the show, and we know that nice. um, Tim Roth will be on the show mm. playing Abomination. So that's and Charlie Cox. 
allegedly, maybe. And I just made that up right now. Oh, but... oh. do do do. <laughs> <laughs> what are you just adding your own lies to the mix? <laughs> yeah, that's that's just me adding. That's that's my that's my Peach Tradamus theory. So that when Charlie Cox shows up in She Hulk, I can be like, I said it two years ago. Oh, okay, right? If you look over two hours into the podcast, you will indeed see one Pete and Bessie did perjure himself. I rest my case. I did. That's perjury. Uh, Your Honor, I haven't seen anything since I was 13 when I saved uh, uh, (laughs) an old man and got radioactive junk in my eyes. I objectify that comment. To be fair, I did say allegedly. I'm pretty sure that that alleviates me of any legal responsibility. (laughs) Anyway, there's a Secret Invasion TV show coming uh, starring Nick Fury. Huh. And as Nick Fury, as a scroll, as Nick Fury, also somehow, Mendelssohn also as Nick Fury. Believe it or not, probably. Well, he literally yeah, did probably. that in uh, in uh, Far From Home. He was yeah. Nick Fury. Yeah. So um, this is one of those. Oh what? Oh yeah, yeah. I genuinely didn't know that. Yeah, <laughs> Nick Fury's in all of Far From Home, and then you find out he was Ben Mendelssohn's scroll the whole time. Yep. Oh, shit. For I didn't know that. cool. Wow. I can't believe I can't believe I didn't know that. <laughs> well, if you watch the movies, Kale. Yeah, you would have known. Nah. Uh that's garbage. So this is one of those things I was talking about that Marvel likes to do, where Secret Invasion mm-hmm. is one of the best concepts they've ever had as far as an event goes. Execution was a little iffy, but still people hold that idea. In a high regard, the secret invasion idea. I'll never in my life forget when it was revealed that Electra was a scroll in, in New Avengers. That was yep. insane. Yep. And I know that this show is not going to touch that. It's probably yeah. going to be yep. along the lines of like a like the Meet the Scrolls uh, comic book, where it's real like mm-hmm. zany, and Nick Fury and um, Talos have to go and find the scrolls that are hidden on Earth or some jazz like that. Mm-hmm. And that's not what I'm interested in. Certainly not. With something called Secret Invasion. I hate it when they do that. It bums me out. Yeah. Uh, could be a good vehicle for um, uh, Hulkling, though, for Young Avengers. Yeah. Ooh. Okay. I like that. Damn. I like yeah, that. that's a good point. I like you peppering that in there. That's cool. Okay. Um, Armor Wars. We learned we will get an Armor Wars TV show starring... Darth Vader. Of course, Don Cheadle. <laughs> uh... Don Cheadle is Darth Vader? No, you didn't know. <laughs> I didn't see the movie. Uh, basically, this is going to be what if, not what if, but what happens when, and this was something that uh, Tony feared, and this is very similar to the comic, uh, what happens when Tony's technology falls into the wrong hands. Um, we've seen a taste of that. I think... Um, I say. Uh, what's his name? Iron Man 3? Iron Man 2 was what I was thinking. I do not remember that movie. Does that also technically happen in the first one with Obadiah Stane? It happens in every damn Iron Man movie. (laughs) It's every Iron Man movie and his technology falls into the wrong hands. (laughs) It's the only good Iron Man story. (laughs) What would happen if someone else got the suit? No! (laughs) There, There are two good Iron Man stories. How can he make his suit come out of something weird and what happens if someone else gets it? But also when he drinks a lot. And is a that's douche. good too. Well, that's gonna happen. 
They're all of them. Uh, oh, I'm drunk. So this is cool. Uh, I, 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 I actually think this is like the perfect. This is what I. This is my ideal type of Marvel hero based show that takes place mm-hmm. in the MCU because this is this doesn't need to be a movie necessarily, but a tight nine episode TV show, seven episode TV show, letting Don Shield do his thing. And establishing him as like the new armored Avenger, I'm in. Mm-hmm. If I could yeah, offer I, one criticism of of just like general like casting stuff in the MCU, is just the general like Don Cheadle's awesome, and we do not see enough of him in the MCU. You know what I mean? So this is a great opportunity to see more of him. I think that's what's so cool about these shows. You know, is that like. When it comes to the MCU, like, they really do cast, like, I think, you know, really, really, like, A-tier talent, even for characters that are not leading roles and that are more minor characters. And, like, not to say that that War Machine, you know, and Rhodey haven't been relevant, but, like, you know, he was established to be a supporting Iron Man character, right? And the fact that he's Don Cheadle and that he can now step up and be a leading man and, like, you know, take that role is because he's he's fucking great. Fucking love Don Cheadle. So, like, the fact that he'll get to lead this show and we'll get to, you know, to Sean's point, like, probably get, like, nine hours with him rather than a movie where he's, you know, maybe in Tony's shadow. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, right, or or whatever. Like instead of making like an Iron Man fucking four or whatever, like I think this is this is like a great move because it lets you put him over in a non traditional way and then let him kind of assume that role, kind of like what we're seeing them do with like, um, you know, with with Falcon with Winter Soldier, right? Is like he's the new Cap, and maybe we don't want to just do that in a Captain America movie. This is a, a spoiler for part of what I feel about the Black Panther thing, but it's really aggravating that now we just don't have the black man to lead these movies. Uh, Chadwick mm. was the only one that they gave the chance mm. to. Now he's gone. They're not recasting the character. Don Cheadle and uh, Anthony Mackie can only get TV shows out of Marvel, so... Guess we're done with that now. Yeah, I mean, I'd rather have a Don Cheadle War mm. Machine movie myself. That would be sick. He'd chew it up because he's awesome. Like I said, I, I I mean, like I'm wondering if that isn't what comes next, though. Could be right. It could be. I I I I, I don't mean to cut you off. I just you know I want to. Yeah, 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 yeah. No problem. Um. <laughs> so let's. Let's watch the trailers. Let's get into these trailers. Okay. Um, oh, we we missed one if we're doing like a backlog of announcements. Oh, sorry. Good night. Oh, of course. Yeah. Oh, there's actually two other ones in addition to but, that. But Moon Knight so, sounds sick. <laughs> Moon Knight is obviously super cool. Yeah, you're right, Pete. Uh, Moon Knight is super cool, and we now know officially we're getting it. Um. And again, that's another one of those properties that I feel like slots right into that like R-rated, yes. like you know, like let's do stuff that's a little bit outside of you know. Sean was was not necessarily complaining, but having the observation that like the whole MCU feels so Avenger centric up until now, and I feel like shit like Blade and Moon Knight and like bringing Daredevil and maybe some like Punisher and some of those other characters in could be a great way to like fucking give us stuff that's not that that's still in the MCU, but 
is allowed to be its own thing and do its own shit. Yeah. And there's so Definitely. many, like, there's so much good source material to draw from, you know? He's had so many good runs the last seven years. <laughs> I just love that we're this far into the MCU where it's like we're getting we're pulling Moon Knight off the bench. <laughs> you know, like, all right, fuck yeah, let's go. <laughs> we can get into the weird shit now. We're also getting an Ironheart TV okay. show. Uh, right. Dominique Thorne will play the character of Riri Williams. Uh Assuming that they follow the comics, she is inspired by Iron Man to build her own armor. Uh, in the books, she does have a Tony Stark Jarvis in that it's Tony Stark. Her Jarvis is Tony. Um, Ooh, I wonder if they'll do that. I thought that that was something that might happen when they eventually brought her in. But now that I know it's a TV show um, and... Robert Downey Jr. has been pretty like done. He's been he's he's been said he's pretty much done with the whole deal. He's um, in What If though, isn't he? He is, but that's that was already like What If's been you know in the can for a while. Okay. Um, I kind of don't think they'll do that, especially because the circumstances that surround her having a Tony Stark Jarvis involve him being alive, and since they've never okay. met before, it'd be random if you know. They got that fucking technology, though. I feel like it would be cool if maybe instead of that, like, after... I guess somebody's got to stand in for that. Yeah, like, maybe, like, after Armor Wars and Ironheart, you could have, like, Rhodey be kind of like a, you know, like a mentor figure to her. What was making me laugh is earlier we were talking about how there's only two Iron Man stories, and one of them is that the suit falls in the wrong hands. Well, this is the story of what happens when it falls in the right hands. Which they do also all (laughs) the time. Yeah, uh, and then the last is uh, I am Groot. I we're do not it. give a shit about. I this. am Groot. Neither do I. But I don't think this is this is for kids targeted at us. I think this is more for kids and you Surely, know the, yeah. those among us in general who really love Groot, of which there are plenty of people. Sure. So have at it. The thing I thought was interesting about it is. Um, the uh, comicbook.com article that we have has like little blurbs about all of them and it mentions that um, that they are shorts mm-hmm. and that they're going to feature like unique characters so I'm thinking um, like A it's it's cool that they're not it's not like a full show like it's going to just be some of the like shorts you see on Disney Plus but that like it could be an avenue to introduce some non-traditional characters and like kind of you know start backdooring some of them in like the way that we got like Howard the Duck in that like post credit scene of Guardians you know mm. like it could be a cool way to get some nods to some of those other you know more obscure characters mm. alright let's jump into these here trailers uh, we are going to share them with you guys if you're watching on YouTube you'll be able to watch along with us as we view them ready to get demonetized boys <laughs> oh <laughs> you're right all that YouTube money. Uh, <laughs> so as soon as my browser decides to allow me to full screen, here we go. All right. So this is WandaVision. Uh, of course, this is our third trailer, I think. Um, yeah. Oh, no. This is official trailer number two. It says right there. Yeah, but there was a there was a the like, teaser. teaser. Yeah. 
so clearly back in the 50s, we've talked about this before. Uh, the one thing that's interesting here to me is, I don't know, they're playing Daydream Believer by the Monkees, which is like a 60s song. And they're doing like a, it feels atonal. I don't know. But I understand why they chose the song, because it's like a daydream. Right. I, it didn't bother me because it's not just the 50s. Like this, right, that, that was clearly like the is 60s. now clearly in, yeah, right. And and we've seen it goes further than that as well. It goes so all like, the way up to like the '90s of Ro- like a right. Roseanne-ish yeah. style Vibe. sitcom. That yeah. is, uh, I believe, that is Monica Rambeau. Right. She infiltrates Scarlet Witch's, you know, illusion to Bubbles. try to get her out. From what I, mm. what from what I know, um, sure. and but we hear we hear in the trailer. That she doesn't know who she is. Right. So she says. I kind of think that's what happens to you when you get sucked into this world. Yeah, you're stuck in the well. Yeah. Um, So that's pretty cool. Our first real look at that. Um, I love those those nods and and all these different, like, winks and stuff. I I am obsessed. This is a very Brady Bunch looking house they're in. I want to point this out. This is huge. Uh, for those of you who are fans of Tom King's uh, Vision, no, uh, Mr. Miracle, this should be very familiar to you. Uh, the the bl- the the blit the blinking like static, staticky thing that Mitch Jarrett's did in that yes. run, they're using here um, as if to say like this isn't real, which is what it was being yeah. used for there, or at least in yeah. His mind, it wasn't real. So, so again, I called this out in the other official trailer. I also really like how they're using like the playing with it being in like this is in standard definition right now, right? Like, just go go back real quick, Sean. Yep. Sorry, it, for some reason it's lagging. But no, you're cool. So you can see here in the past, it's like in SD, like it's not in widescreen, and then later, it, like it is, it was in widescreen again. They did that in one of the previous trailers. I'm wondering if that's something that we're gonna mm-hmm. see in the show at all. Yeah, there it is. I think that's a that. I think you can expect that. This is one of the most, like, I don't know if meta is the right word, but. Definitely. I, I would say it's it's definitely very hey. meta because um, it's clearly, like, playing on, you know. I want to give a, a shout out here to kind of, like, Elizabeth Olsen's acting. In the very beginning of the trailer when it's in the 50s, she's, you know, she's talking like she's from the 50s kind of thing. And then you see yeah, her yeah. in present day and she's just. It's very deadpan. It, there's no inflection. This scene in particular, she's talking like a yeah. person. I uh, I want to give a shout out to Elizabeth Olsen's yoga. Pants. I want to give a shout out to Kat Dennings. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say. Kat, I, I was wondering if that was yeah. Her. That's that's her. Um, when there's this, this explosion right here. Yeah. But yeah. Elizabeth Olsen is wonderful. I I'm such a fan of her, and I I. I'm so excited for this show. Like, of any of the stuff on this list, I think this is the thing I'm most excited for. Um, it helps that it's imminent, but, like, right. I, like, I... Oh, whoops. I, I feel like one of the big things, you know, one of the, the most common criticisms uh, of the MCU is that, like, they overcommit to the house style, you know, and that it's, like everything feels the same and, and whatever, whatever, like this is unique, mm. you know, like this is so different than anything else. Maybe. And like, I mean, maybe it could not be, it could just be good trailers, but I think like on the premise alone, like it seems like it's going to be so much less action oriented and like, you know, that it's going to be a way different kind of story. And the fact that it is like this kind of, you know, meta um, look at, 
at sitcoms and everything through the years too is something that's like very very appealing we'll to me. They've they've done conceptually unique things like Doctor Strange and Guardians and Ant Man and and it, still a lot of it, not all of it, have been criticized for still having that house style attached to it. We, we'll we'll see how the actual delivery of it actually turns out. For sure. Let's get into Falcon and Winter Soldier. Yeah. Um. So obviously, starting off showing like that, the cat music. Falcon is in the shadow of you know of Cap, um, which is something that I'm excited to see them play with. I think having Cap as this like legend, yeah, that he has to live up to was something that worked really well when they did this in the books with both of these characters. Right. So mm-hmm. one thing yeah. that's interesting is the. Well, first thing we hear in the trailer, dialogue-wise, is is the Falcon saying uh, the legacy of the Shield is complicated, as if you know the legacy of Captain America is complicated. I don't know in what way it would be complicated, but it implies that he's divisive. Um. Yeah, I think that's a really good point, and that's something that we have to watch for. I do want to point out the boy Baron Zemo. That's right. He's back. Um. Mm-hmm. Is back and he's got a vendetta. I'm, that was. I'm sure him and Winter Soldier have a long history. This says a lot my, about my brain, but that like football halftime show gave me super super spreader feels, and I was like, "Oh, what are you guys doing?" <laughs> I feel like that a lot about things I watch. Yeah, um, very happy. So one of my favorite costumes in, in comics is the Falcons, and. Oh, I was gonna say I can't believe yeah, they made right. it look well, cool. Like, in comics, I love, I love, <laughs> I love the red, white, and they've added black to it here, and it's tech looking. And this whole scene, he looks like a one man fighter pilot without a plane, and that's really neat. It's sick. Yeah. So I'm really happy yeah. to see more red here. And this is, yeah, this is one of the best Falcon moments we've probably ever seen. Easily, and they put it in a trailer, which is not a... It's not to denigrate the trailer, it's just crazy that, like... They give it away for free. We've seen so little of the character being cool that his coolest moment is just right here in this trailer. Well, that that makes me hopeful that there's gonna be a lot more hype shit like that in this show, you know? That, like... That said, though, like, one of the the best parts about Anthony Mackie as as the Falcon is, is his banter as you know the you know uh, that type of character and he does that really really well Well, yeah this scene shows us a little bit of that where he's just not responding to winter soldier and you get a little bit of a funny beat there uh, clearly so of the four trailers we watched this was the one i walked away with with the most enthusiasm for this felt like a good this just felt like a good like buddy cop kind of situation. Anthony Mackie's the lighthearted fun one and Winter Soldier's the serious stoic one. And, you know, that's a that's a very timeless dynamic. Those two are seem like they're going to play off each other really well. They played off each other really well in Captain America Civil War. Um, For sure. This has a good mix of kind of a, a fun action show. And I can get behind that. This, this was the one that felt the most like MCU to me. Hmm. Um, and I, I don't mean that like with any kind of derision. I just mean like it felt it felt like uh, this one feels like all right, business as usual. Like I'm um, I'm I've kind of missed this flavor, you know. Sure. All right, so I'm down. Um, Looking forward to like it, Sean? shifting gears. Did I like it? Uh, yeah, I liked it. 
this was probably the trailer that had the least intrigue just because everything was pretty straightforward. Yeah. Yeah, um, there's so many definitely. question marks about WandaVision, Loki, what if it's its own thing. This one seems pretty like by the numbers. I'm excited for the show, um, but a tr- I don't need to see anything more. Yeah, at all. I, well, you know what? I needed this to be sold on a little bit. I, I think as a premise, I wasn't in. Now I feel like I'm in, so I'm glad I got the trailer. All right. Good. Uh, so here's Loki. We're jumping into Loki, and it starts with a scene that will be very, very familiar to all uh, who saw Endgame, because this is the last time we saw Loki, where he steals the Tesseract, and he slips off into who knows where. This trailer kind of gives us an idea of where he ultimately ends Important to note that this isn't the Loki that we've known throughout the MCU. This right. was going back to Avengers. He did. Yep. Right. He has none of the... He's made none of the progress that our yeah. Loki made. I miss good Loki. <laughs> I gotta be honest. I watched this trailer and I was like, wow, I'm tired of Tom Hiddleston. Yes, I felt the same way. Yo, that's exact... I audibly groaned when I saw uh, pictures uh, because I was, I'm fucking tired of his <laughs> fucking face. This was the first one that gave me any sense of of intrigue into this show. I think I've I've said um, that this is this is like just something I'm really not super interested in from the jump. Um, shout out to Owen Wilson. Wow, wow. pretty cool to get him in. The, I, wow. Yeah. wow, it's really cool to get him in. Um, I will say that Owen Wilson does <laughs> draw me in a little bit. I did think that was cool. kind of cool. <laughs> yeah. But oh wow! But for for me, this this was the first time where I was like, okay, I could see where this could go. But I remember there being a moment, um, a little bit later in the trailer, where like you just see like Loki walking around like doing stuff, and I'm like, I don't know that I, like you know, like I don't know that I want to watch him as the lead in something for like nine hours. Like I don't know. Mm, like me I don't, be smoldering and handsome. I don't like dislike Tom Hiddleston by any stretch, but I feel like I don't know. The character's like, done. The, I think especially the fact that we're rewinding the character is is a turnoff to me. Because, like, I I definitely feel like he was a character who was used really well, you know? Like, from Start to end. building him up from Thor into Avengers and then seeing him grow into, like, a little bit more of, like, an anti-hero in, in Ragnarok and, you know, like... His death felt meaningful, and for us to, like, bring him back, but it's just, like, the one that we know from eight years ago, it's like, I don't really feel like I need more of this character, you know? And, I don't know, maybe I'll feel differently after I've seen some of it, I but... I was very, very yeah. disinterested in this mm. trailer. One, I didn't know anything that was happening at all. I looked at everything that was happening after they recovered him, like, the TVA, and I'm like, okay, well, what's happening? I don't understand any of the things that are happening. So that alone, that in itself turned me off. And two, it's, it's just, you know, we're, Pete, you said it best. It's, you know, the character arc is over. We don't need more. It, like, he, he died, and that was it. And I think, and I was talking about this with uh, Jess. My wife. Uh, my, my wife. Uh, and we, uh, our thing was like, a lot of this stuff, like this, and then like Black Widow, and even Hawkeye, to a degree, is just like a lot of this. Like we probably could have already had. 
Like this is like this is all stuff we should have had earlier. Uh, and now it's like the interest is it's not there. Yeah, I guess like if they were gonna do it at all, like you could have done it earlier. Yeah, but it's also just yeah. like I don't really know that I would have wanted it then yeah. either. Like I like Loki as a villain. I don't know that I need to see him as a it's, protagonist. It's, you know, like with Hawkeye, well, yeah, it, us, us, yeah. But you get, can you imagine this coming out in the 2012 fucking Tumblr that's crowd? That's true. Yeah, like when when there was more heat around this character. But some of this yeah, stuff I, feels like okay. You know, like we had this big thing of ice cream, and we like we got 22 scoops out of it that everyone seemed to enjoy, and now it's like there's this little. You know, ice flakes at the bottom, and it's like, oh, there's Black Widow, oh, there's Hawkeye, oh, there's Loki. I guess that's what's left. See, and, like, I don't I don't feel that way about Hawkeye, because, like, I, I do feel that way about this and Black Widow, where it just feels like it's a little late, it feels like crumbs um, and stuff we don't really need. Um, and it's like, all right, we're running on fumes here. But Hawkeye, it's about, to me, that feels like it's more about setting up Kate, a new generation. Yeah, and that to me feels yeah. like it has juice. And I also feel yeah. like Hawkeye is a character that like has not gotten that much screen time either. Like yeah. Black Widow was in all of the Avengers movies. She's one of the main characters of Endgame. Uh, she was in Iron Man 2 all the way back when. Like We've gotten a lot of time with Black Widow. She's one of the main characters in uh, uh, a Captain America movie, right? Like I don't feel like she's under represented would i have liked a movie of her earlier sure but with hawkeye like you know he's been a bit player in in the avengers movies and that's it so like getting as much as i don't really love jeremy renner like getting a a series that's about him setting up kate bishop to be like a young avenger i'm actually kind of like all right like that could go somewhere this feels like something that i just like what is what is the long term ramification of this? Like how much is this going to matter going forward? They're, they're you know, all time. All of them are setting up the future, and I think that's time. Yeah, yeah. Uh, this will be time travel with Kang. Yeah. probably. Uh, this is that's true. This yeah. is establishing because the Time Variance Authority is a multiversal governor of time, and. The multiverse, right? So that's where yeah. that's what this show is is doing. And then obviously Black Widow is setting up Yelena Velo- Yelena Belova and Florence Pugh, who plays her, to carry on that mantle. That's, cool. that's what it appears that show or that movie is going to do. To like Florence Pugh, yeah. Sean, are you excited sense. for this at all? I'm excited for what it will do. I'm excited for the end of it. I'm not excited to see Loki anymore. I don't like it when villains take center stage almost ever. I think that generally ends up with overexposure. That's how I feel with this. Um, and I don't need to see Loki on film really ever again. I would definitely watch the fuck out of this Owen Wilson character wow. for nine episodes, though. Well, I hope. Yeah, wow. I'm sure you will. Let's uh, let's finish up this portion of our talk with the what if trailer okay. yes so <laughs> here's one what if we don't it's pretty good this is an animated series yes. and it's basically just ask, answering the question of what if you know what if um, Agent Carter was Captain America um, what if Tony Stark ate uh, uh, whatever that food was at the end of Avengers shawarma what if, what if Shuri was one of the Guardians of the Galaxy instead of Peter Quill? Seemingly? That was that was 
that was that's T'Challa. Oh, it was. Yeah. There's a lot of that. In yeah. Where it's just like, what if this character was a different character? Which is the most boring what if question you can possibly do. Homie, that's what the what if that's like series a lot of is what all if, about. Yeah, issues though. <laughs> there are a lot of other kinds of yes. what ifs though. Like what? Sure. What if? What if Aunt May was the Silver Surfer? But there's also what if. Captain America's side had won the yes. Civil War, right? Or like, what if yeah. the Kree, the Kree-N Scrolls, had teamed up and actually annihilated the Avengers, or you know, like various different things like that? That I feel like would be a lot more yes. interesting than just what if this character this. was this character? Yeah, they they yeah. chose the most boring what ifs possible. I, th- I felt in this trailer. To be fair, there could be more. We don't know what all of them are, right? right? Yeah, and I, I also think I also think the the this. Uh, situation like structurally makes sense as like a first one, at least at as least to introduce to, the idea in a trailer, right? Yeah. Like that's Marvel zombies. Yeah. Like that doesn't look like a what if, what if is whatever, right? Like that looks like Small Winter zombies. Soldier fighting zombie. Right. That's that's fair, and I can't deride that. My I will say though, my main criticism of this is I really don't like the animation. I don't like the way it looks. Well, that's just Sean's computer. Um, it's not my favorite. Like, I I wish it was it had a more of a hand drawn vibe rather than like a CG. But to me, like, I, I don't I don't really care that much. Like, I I like this premise a lot. Um, I think like what if Elseworlds stuff is so fun, and I love the fact that since these are like short, you know, like one episode kind of deals that like they don't really have to commit to anything, and they can kind of just do. Something that's like different, um, so I, I'm I'm really really. This happy one about was this one. interesting, where it's like, what if the '40s weren't chauvinistic? That's what that one was. <laughs> I personally feel like this "what if" will prove to be one of those things that really just works better in comics mm. because it's gonna be really difficult to showcase larger ideas. Like, for example, um, what if? What if Iron Man died at the end of Civil War, the movie? You know, what if he was killed? And how did that change the future? Um, big big picture questions like that will be hard to show because it would require so many characters and moving parts and voices and blah, 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 that animating it might not be worth the money. Um, whereas in a comic, you don't have to worry about those things. So that's kind of where I sit with this. And also, mm-hmm. I don't think the MCU is old enough yeah. for a, a full-fledged what-if series to work. Because there, not enough has happened yet, but that's that's where I, I'm at. I'm not that enthused. I agree. I I would have been more interested, and in, I know this is not as uh, there's less commercial appeal with this, but I would have been more interested in an animated what if Marvel show about Marvel comics. But alas, that's just a uh, that's just not really a marketing uh, feasibility. I don't I don't disagree with that in principle. But that doesn't that doesn't impact my enthusiasm for this. Nor should it. Uh, all right, so let's actually jump into the questions, and we'll close out the show with the questions that we have. Oh, completely forgot. Yeah, that's about good. That. We got a lot of them, Sean. <laughs> yes, yes, we do. We have quite a few, um, and uh, you guys on Discord, 
were were awesome about um, submitting your questions. What was that? I was that gonna film? say, got it pulled up. If I, I can read the first one here, if you want. Shoot. So yeah, Sean uh, asked everyone on the Discord to submit questions for us to answer. So the first one was from Carlos uh, underscore zero one. He asked, going alongside all the new heroes we'll be getting, who are some villains you would like to see introduced in all of them? I want Annihilus and Galactus. Yes. Doom. Doom. I want Doom. I'm with you there. I want I, I want Annihilus real bad. Me too. Uh, I think he's so cool. Um, that's probably, like, of all the characters that were... Oh, and Galactus. Actually, I just completely agree with Carlos. Galactus is one of my favorite villains <laughs> of all time. And uh, I'm, I'm way down. Galactus that. and the Silver Surfer are going to be so interesting. Like... Silver Surfer is a character that's been long overdue for like a proper introduction, and him in the MCU is going to be really exciting. Try your best, guys, just because of the time yeah. to answer the question and not deviate too much, please. Sure. Um, uh, yeah, I don't um, have an answer. Eventually, for Magneto. When I do get to, you know, X Men. Not there yet, yes. Phil. All right. Next question, I guess. Uh, yeah. Uh, Okay. With uh, no, you got it, buddy. Oh, you got it. Uh, Tyler, the old Tyler Olson from the Longbox asks: With the confirmation of Richard E. Grant joining the cast of Loki, who do you think he'll be playing? No idea. Uh, I've heard he'll be playing uh, like a version of uh, like the the old Loki, like the first appearance of Loki from like the sixties oh, or wow. whatever. Great big chin. Well, that would be cool. The the horns that go clean to the sky. That's what I've heard. Fascinating. I, I don't know. I have no thought on that. I don't even know who Richard E. Grant is. I have no not enough knowledge of the show. You know? Yeah. Fucking old guy that sort of looks like an old Tom Hiddleston. All right. I'll get the next one. Uh, this one comes from J-Man. He says, question, do you think Marvel will try to tell Fantastic Four's origins again? Or is this going to be like Hulk and Spider-Man where there's a montage at most and we are just in with new Fantastic Four? I, I do think they'll tell the origin again because I don't think that there's been a successful telling of the origin and where like Hulk granted you could argue that like there hadn't been a recent Hulk movie that was successful Hulk is a character who A I think his origin is way 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 easier to boil down to like a few sentences and the character has a broader pop culture acknowledgement that I think makes it that you don't need to introduce him as much I don't I think they'll do it, but I don't think they'll belabor it too much. You know, uh, I think I think they'll I think they'll do yeah. an All Star Superman first page situation where these are the kind of beats, and we'll get right into it. I don't think that they're going to do the origin. I mean, Kevin Feige has been very very clear that he does not like origin stories to be shown on screen. Mm-hmm. Uh, and if you look at Captain Marvel, which is Captain Marvel, Black Panther, Spider-Man, yada, yada, yada. None of them are traditional origin films. The closest you get is Captain Marvel. And even with that one, the like she had had no real prior time on screen in any capacity at all. And they still didn't just tell an, a strict origin story. So for the Fantastic Four, we have three movies. They're definitely not going to do that. Pete, yeah. Fair. Side note. Fair. Side note, why did people get sick of hearing Spider-Man's origin? They only did it twice. It's not like Batman where they do it almost every appearance. I think Spider-Man's had a lot more cultural impact yes. than, well, not than Batman, but 
uh, you know, I think so. I think his or or as much as Batman. So I think his origin is as well trod as you know any any other one. It's it's permeated the culture so that everybody knows it. And I think I think that's you know that's where you get stuck in that origin loop. Nobody wants to go see a first movie because you know what happens. Yeah, we know that Peter Parker's gonna a die. dork. All right, we get he's it. He's going to get bit by a spider and great power, great responsibility. We get it. Like, let's yeah, do the thing. You know, yeah. they, yep. they rushed by that so quickly in the Disney one that I felt like it was lost this time. I, I don't know if people got sick of Spider-Man's origin story. I I, I question that. Oh, I think they do. I feel like that's a meme in popular culture is like, there's been so many Spider-Man movies. Why are there so many Spider-Man yeah. movies? That's like a joke in sitcoms, you know? Yep. That was a joke in The Good Place, like, last okay. year. Yep. <laughs> yep. Uh, I think that Spider-Man's origin is extremely simple. Origins are generally the least interesting part of these characters because all they are is a is a plate it's a table setting for you to have infinite adventures and why would you want to be stuck why why should every first movie of presumably a trilogy be the retelling of something we already know we can get into all this new stuff i think it's you know i something that we can do with that i disagree but we won't belabor it sean do you want to read the next question Sure. So this comes from Sultan of Swing. He says, I'm not sure if episode counts have been released, but do you think the shows will feel like long split up movies or more like true TV series? Um, I think that Marvel is really talented. I think that they know uh, what they're doing back there, and I don't believe in any way, shape, or form that they're going to make these feel like one long movie. Uh, insofar as I wouldn't say Daredevil or Punisher felt like that. They definitely did mm. have um, identities as far as episodes go, but they were a long narrative, a tighter narrative as well um, than you might be used to in some ways when it comes to television. I think these will be even tighter. I don't think yeah. we're going to see 13 episodes, um, and I also don't think we're going to see those, like, those um, not halfway point, but like, 70% of the way in, all of a sudden the show deviates, like Jessica Jones and um, those Luke other Cage. ones. I think these will be very tight. Yeah, I definitely agree with you. I think like 10 is probably the max you'll see, and I wouldn't be surprised if it was less, if it was closer do to you, like 6. Do you think it'll be like The Mandalorian, another Disney Plus show, where it's like a weekly release, or will they drop all at once Netflix style? I definitely think that it... I would expect yeah. this to be more Mandalorian than MCU or Daredevil. That's what I would say. Yep. I would say look at the success of the Mandalorian and the style of the Mandalorian for what you can expect here. And it keeps it keeps people talking right. about it longer. Mm-hmm. I'm almost positive we already know that they will be released uh, weekly. Okay. I don't see why Disney would deviate from it. It's worked so well for them. Uh, next question comes from Matt Murphy. He says, what genre do you think the MCU is still missing after all these updates? And what hero do you want filling that spot? That's his first question. I think that's an interesting question. Like a noir um, film? Like yeah. A, like a Logan. Yeah. That was like a kind of a Western noir. Um, or like a... Could see Moon Knight feeling yeah, that role. Or um, a crime noir kind of thing. Uh, well, you know, Sean mentioned it earlier. We have a lot of Avengers MCU stuff. Uh, this perhaps provides an opportunity for street-level characters and those types of stories. Yeah. 
I I think um, horror is an obvious answer, and I think Blade filling that role is great. Um, Yeah, and we'll see how much they commit to those styles. But I I think um, the the answer that jumps out to me the most is I think what I'm thinking WandaVision is going to feel like for parts of it, which is stuff that's less action-oriented. Um, I, I said it since Guardians, like, I would love to see a, a new Howard the Duck movie. Like, I feel like something that is more, like, comedy-driven, even though all of the MCUs have comedy in, you know, uh, in their DNA. Um, something that's more focused on comedy and less focused on action, I think, could be an interesting way to expand out a little bit more. I've said this for a long time. I think a, a Spider-Man uh, teen drama series that sort of focuses more on his his romance uh, would work really, really this well. It's going to sound weird, but honestly, kind of like a superhero movie. I, I know that sounds strange, but like, I'm talking about like basic superheroics. Like, classic Superman stuff is him flying around the city and saving people. You know what I mean? Like, there hasn't really been that kind of thing. I understand what you mean. You want to, yeah, like classic yeah. super heroics. Yeah, that's what I wanted out of Spider-Man Three. Yeah. Really, hmm. it was more friendly neighborhood uh, shit. So my my answer is crime. I don't really hmm. feel like we've had like a real strong like crime film. And I think um, hmm. if we're just gonna talk about characters that are confirmed to be having movies or whatever, uh, I think a Spider-Man movie that centers around the crime that goes on in New York and him being in the center of trying to deal with that could be pretty cool. It doesn't have to have, you know, tons of super powered villains. I think Kingpin, I think, um, hammerhead hammerhead would be cool. Yeah. People like that. Um, yeah, that could be, could be a great daredevil movie too. Like Charlie Cox come to the big screen. Uh, At this point, I think a daredevil movie would be insane. That would be fucking I think it's. Sweet. I think it's actually. I think it's on the plate at this point. Like, not in terms of it. Like, oh, it's gonna happen. But like, I think they're. They must be having the conversation, right? Maybe. Uh, next question, uh, still from Murphy. Uh, do you think we'll be seeing the death of Spider-Man and the introduction of Miles Morales within the next ten years? I say, let's, yeah. Let's go no back to and get some Sean formation here, Sean. Uh, no one wants to see Spider-Man die. We already did that. He died in Infinity War, and that sucked to watch. It was a good moment. Not for but me. But it wasn't something that, like, I was happy to see. Kids were crying. And I don't think... Yeah, of course. And I don't think that it's necessary or good um, to do that. I also don't think Sony would ever, ever, ever want that to happen. There's no reason at all why Sony would be okay with that. So, no, I don't think we'll ever see that. But Miles, I think we'll see him in, uh, oh, I don't know, 2021. I the My biggest hope for Miles is that we don't know about it until we see until, it. Uh, until we see yeah. it. Yeah, until the first. And I'm going to avoid goddamn everything. If I see this film, and it's not likely, uh, I will avoid it uh, at all cost. All right. I don't I don't know. I think it's I think it's not off the table, but um but I hope not. Like I'm I'm absolutely not against the idea of of uh Miles in the MCU, but I think um 
I think the thing that frustrates me the most about Miles' existence is like the insistence of pitting him and Peter against each other as like a it's a one or the other thing. Um, where I think that like Spider Verse and like uh, Spider Man on uh, PS4 with what Insomniac's been doing has shown that like I I think you can totally have um a cake your cake and eat it too thing there where like they both work. Yeah, but not with Disney and Sony. That's the only, they they coexist yeah, in literally every other place. The comics, yep. yeah. the TV shows, everything. It's just movies where they don't, and they. Where it's I don't weird. think they can. But yeah, you know. Um, okay. I hope they figure it out. <laughs> the next one is from Kethis. I I I went ahead and scrolled down yep. and found it. Um, Doctor Strange has Wanda and Miss America. Uh, America Chavez. Captain Marvel has Monica Rambeau and Kamala Khan. Loki and Secret Invasion could have a lot of people, and Spider Man Three has goddamn <laughs> fucking everybody. So my yep. question, I paraphrased. Uh, so my question is, it lo- it very much looks like Cap Cap Civil War and Thor Ragnarok are the new norm. Movies ostensibly having a title character, but everything is just a mashup. Is this good? Do you like this? Not really. Nah, if I'm being honest. Um, I didn't mind it in Civil War, because it felt like kind of an Avengers 2.5 kind of makeup for Avengers 2 and how mediocre that was. But generally, it's the problem I had with the first Spider-Man movie uh, in the MCU era. I, I, I like things to be kind of contained for characters in individual individual movies. And so when we start mishmashing everything, it feels convoluted and bloated a little bit. Um, I don't mind it occasionally. But for me, Avengers, that's where the, that that's where that place is for, you know? That's where the mishmash. I I think it depends on the character and, and who's guesting. Um I don't I don't inherently disagree with what Phil's saying in terms of like I think I like the the team up stuff to be more oriented in um in in like the Avengers proper, but I also think that um there have been a lot of examples in my mind of them doing smaller cameos and appearances and, and making it work. Like I think um you know, like it it, it kind of like has that feeling that you know, like, that there's a community of these characters and that, like, when one of them runs into a certain problem, it makes sense that they would maybe go to another person in the group, right? Like, something like that. I think those are things that make the world feel a little bit more lived in. Um, so, like, when I, I think of, like, Thor, like, going and having that conversation with Doctor Strange, even though that's not, like, a thing that he was, like, a main character in, right? Like, those are things that I'm like, okay, I think that is kind of more what I like, Um but I also think that, like, Hulk's inclusion in, like, Thor Ragnarok worked for me, you know, because it was – and I you didn't like that movie, Phil, but, like, you were the outlier among the five of us for that. So, like, to me, that felt like good usage because it wasn't, like, overbearing, and there's these characters already have a history. So it's, like, the idea that it's, like, all right, they, they're on an adventure together. It's, like, yeah, I buy that. In the way that, like, now we know that in the next Thor movie that, like – um, like Rocket and um and Groot are going to be in it, right? Is the thing so like that? I I feel like that works because like in the last movie they had a relationship that was established, and like do I necessarily want all other all these other characters to like be in every Thor movie? No, but for me with where that character landed at the end of that that 
that specific team-up movie, I feel like it makes sense for this specific group of them to break off and go do a thing. So I, I actually feel like Kefis's premise is a little bit um, uh, I don't I don't fully buy it. So when you look at the totality of the movies, Black Widow doesn't feature. I mean, it features other you know costumed characters, but I wouldn't say that they're like you know that's not like they're people in yeah, her, yeah. they're people right, in her world. Yeah, world. Right. Shang Chi doesn't. Eternals is an ensemble. But probably just um, Eternals you know, characters. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Thor and Doctor Strange we spoke about, but Black Panther is, you know, we don't know anything about it, but if you go off the first one, it likely will only be Black Panther or, you know, Wakandan-related characters. Uh, the characters that were referenced that will be in Captain Marvel 2 are absolutely logical. Um, I'm so like happy that they will be in that movie, and I don't think that. I think there's a difference between Star Lord or whoever Guardians appearing in Thor and Monica Rambeau and Miss Marvel, who have very very clear connections to Captain yeah. Marvel. Captain Marvel appearing in her movie. Um, Ant Man and Wasp mm. is Ant Man and Wasp. And the Fantastic Four are that, and Guardians are the Guardians. So I think you know, out of out of all of these movies, the only ones that really fit your claim are like Doctor Strange and Thor, um, maybe Spider Man and 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 Spider Man. So I, I don't think that that's I don't think that constitutes a norm. I think it's a flavor, yeah. and they're yes. giving us varying flavors, and I'm here for that. I agree with you, by the way, Kefis, in that I really enjoy that, but it shouldn't be, and nor is it the only way they're presenting these characters. Totally I think agree. I think the the issue I have, and this is just a quick point because I, I have nothing else to say about it, is is the hype that surrounds it. Whoa, uh, fucking Bradley, what's his name is going to be in Thor. Oh, everybody, shit your pants and lose your mind. It's it's okay. He's going to be the raccoon. He's going to be in it for five minutes to <laughs> finally get it. It doesn't need like it doesn't need that to be was a whole my thing. When Bradley, what's his name, was in Thor, I was like, "Oh, oh no, there's Dookie in my pants." <laughs> that's I mean, that's you know, you have a problem. Pete, what's the last question? <laughs> last question comes from Sultan the Swing, and he says, "Are you, are you guys all over your Marvel fatigue?" He asks with Avengers 2012 playing in the background. <laughs> Never had. Um, it. I would say that I I am because I wouldn't necessarily say that I had fatigue at the end of Endgame, but I definitely expressed being ready for a break. And I feel like, you know, Spider-Man 2 felt like kind of a good epilogue um, and a good palate cleanser after that. And then I was kind of ready to step away from it for a while. And going an entire year um, for the first time since 2008, not seeing, a, or at least I think maybe, maybe one other gap in there, um, without seeing a Marvel movie has definitely helped my enthusiasm because, you know, I think my general attitude towards MCU and superhero movies in general at this point is kind of like, I don't really get excited for them. I don't really look forward to them that much anymore. It's more just like, yeah, they're going to come when they come. And if they're super far away, there's like six between now and then. So that'll probably keep me occupied, you know? And like having some time and space between them does make me more excited for the ones that I am actually excited for. Like, am I more hyped for Black Widow? Maybe not. But like, I am more excited for like Shang-Chi than I, I was before. I am more excited for Eternals than I was before. Um, 
and I'm a lot more excited for like the some of the off in the distance stuff and some of the stuff that's very imminent. You know, like the shows that are going to be out in a few weeks. That's great. I'm really looking forward to that. This has been a challenging year culturally for just so many people, and I think I think the one God. thing that's really evident is that these movies are important distractions and they give people something to aspire to. And I know that's kind of corny, but it's true. And, you know, it's a, there's a notable void there. And I was certainly burned out by MCU movies. There was, it was just so saturated, but, and I, I was someone that was calling for, you know, a pause. Uh, but the circumstances around that pause are not what I would want to instigate that pause, obviously. So I'm, I'm ready for more MCU movies. As much as I bitch, moan about them, uh, I, it's, it's, it's time. I am not. Uh, and I, like, you know, this will be a surprise to no one, but I just, I can't get excited about all this. If it were 2012 me, like, I would be losing my goddamn mind, but, you know... That was eight years ago. I'm <laughs> tired now. I just, I just, I can't, I, 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 it doesn't do the same thing for me anymore. And at this point, like, Sean kind of t- briefly talked about this with, like, Secret Invasion. They hype you up with the title and then it's something completely different. And, you know, to me, it's just, it's, you know, it's not It's not to say it's constant disappointment, but especially for me, Infinity War and Endgame were just big letdowns for me. And I just, I, I feel done and I, I feel like I want to be done. And I, I don't know, I was thinking about all the Spider-Man 3 announcements and I feel like I've already seen it. <laughs> I've read the comic book. I've played I've played the games. I've, you know, I, I even saw the animated one. I've read the script for the animated one. What more do you want from me? Like I don't You read the I'm script for Spider-Verse? Oh shit. Yeah, dog. Wow. Fucking great. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. All right. So that wraps up the question segment. Thank you so much. To all of you who submitted questions, we really appreciate it. Um, you guys are awesome. And, um, you know, hopefully you are satisfied with our answers. Uh, obviously, this was a doozy. <laughs> I promised you a three-hour episode. And, uh, well, we delivered. Um, right under the wire. <laughs> <laughs> do write in and let us know your thoughts about all of these massive, massive announcements. Um, we did our best to cover everything. Um, we could probably have done you know, a couple of episodes about all these announcements. Um, And of course the Spider-Man three stuff is just, is also crazy. So write in and let us know your thoughts about all of that uh, or anything else you feel like you want to talk about by hitting us up at the comics pals at gmail.com. Of course we're on social media at the comics pals as well. If you want to stare when you're listening to us, whatever podcast hosting platform you choose Make sure that you leave us a rating and a review. It really, really helps us out, and we appreciate it so much. Uh, if you guys are on YouTube, you can do a similar thing by subscribing, hitting the notification bell, liking the video, uh, and leaving us a comment. Let us know that you're watching. Let us know that you're enjoying what we're doing. Uh, if you support what we do, um, it helps to know that. And all of those things are free to do, and they help us out a lot more than they cost you. 
Just another quick reminder, we've got tons of book clubs in the backlog. Check those out and stay tuned for this month's book club, the last book club of 2020, Hicksville. If you can find it, find it. You still got time to read it before our book club drops the last Tuesday of the month. So with that, let's jump into the plugs. Pete. Thank you guys for joining us here on another episode of the Comics Pals. If you want to connect with me, I'm at loud underscore Pete on Twitter and Instagram. If you want to get some more content from me, you can catch me over on the Potscast, uh, over on LootPots.com, where I talk about Nintendo every week and uh, talked a little bit about uh, Cyberpunk and the Game Awards this week. So if you want to hear some thoughts from me, check it out. Oh, and of course, uh, as Sean said earlier, you can check out my band, Single Chemical Change. We're a long friend, time friend. You can get it wherever you get your music. Uh, we're on Spotify, Bandcamp, all that stuff. Uh, I would love to hear what you think about it. Awesome. Kale. Definitely listen to friend, 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 friend. Uh, I am very excited to hear your thoughts about Cyberpunk. I have heard that game is nothing but trash. <laughs> um, and I'm very excited. Um <laughs> You can find me on Instagram at Toto Into. That's T O T O I N T O W. You can find my work at Kaleward.com. That's C A L E W A R D.com. Among, uh, we've completely forgot about this, Sean. How the fuck dare you? Uh, Chainsaw Man getting a volume oh, two. Oh, obviously. And also, <laughs> and also, an anime by the same people that have done uh, uh, Attack on Titan and um, uh, another big one. That's supposed to be really fucking good. Um, I go to the bathroom. So, I'm going to see you guys next week. I love you. You keep talking about weeb shit. I, you could have just gone. I didn't need your shit for that. You can find uh, Marco at Mr. Marco Animoto. Uh, for those of you watching the YouTube at home, you definitely saw the drummer of the band Long Time Friend Time running up the stairs with his butt crack exposed. <laughs> so there's that. <laughs> uh, as, as for me, you can find me at Twitter and Instagram at Cyber Bebop. Um, let's see. Uh, yeah, I got nothing. I I definitely haven't gotten a new gen, next gen console. I'll wait till those prices come down. Yeah, how about you, Sean? Time. Uh, well, you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram only at Sean Soapbox. I am in the middle of a Civil War reread for something special, and uh, it's like a warm blanket. I truly truly adore that event and that time in marvel and nothing makes me happier than reading comics and especially uh comics like that that remind me of i don't want to say when comics are good because that's totally rude but um when they were special to you a, 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 yeah, a time that was really special yeah. you're talking about the one from four years ago right get off my podcast <laughs> With that, we're the I'm Comics back. What Pals. What dumb thing did Phil do? Yeah, uh, to be there. He missed it. With Fuck that, off. we're the Comics Pals signing off. Take care, guys. See you next Oh, shit. Yeah. Can't wait to see. Yeah, uh, yours is going to be way better. I already know. No one gets it. No, no one gets it. <laughs> The last joke.